until we switch over to the red and black. It's the State of Combat with Brian Campbell, Pro Wrestling Edition. Yes, it's back with a bang, and it's ready for injection with that unmistakable dose of the Ico Pro inspired performance enhancing audio. The Brian Campbell, oh yeah, the voice that you hear. Oh, yeah, ready to get you fired up, if that's possible, for Sunday's WWE Fastlane show as we ease closer on this road to WrestleMania 35, April 7th, New York, New Jersey. Be there. Your boys from the SOC definitely will. This week, I think Raw SmackDown got me a little fired up for that. We'll get into that and a lot more later on. NXT news, very slow in the revolution these days, guys. So if you like you like Adam, you like pro WWE episodes, this one's coming at you. Believe it. We're talking about yet another week, yet another show that is guaranteed, folks, to be money. You ain't talking money. What the hell you talking about? That's what I'm saying, real one. Exactly. This show is money, and this show is also Worthy of your review, folks. So you know the drill. I know it's a tired act. If you see something, say something. Yes, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you consume fine audio. In fact, we are now on Spotify, folks. Get some of that if you're into it. But ultimately, you know the drill. I don't care where you hear this, how you hear this. I just care that you listen. I just care that you pay it forward with that five-star review because that is what it's all about. It's all about the five. You understand? You know what I mean? It's all about the five. Yeah, book. That's yeah, seriously, folks. All right, do the right thing, or I'll keep playing this gross Andre the Giant soundbite. And I'm not joking. I will keep playing this. You you gonna come in my, on my back oh, God, that's so friggin' gross. I love a happy ending. Don't we all, Bobby? <laughs> yes. Let me bring in my co-host. You know him. Do you love him? Hey, that's your choice. But he's here. Here he comes, the bad guy. Say hello to the bad guy. He's a villain who has somehow turned face. He's here. He's in your face. He never hedged. He's the Silver King, Adam Silverstein. Hey, now, that's the thing. I, I, I think I need a new nickname. I need a new gimmick here because I keep trying every week on this show to get people not to like me, to go against BC. But, Brian, you're turning so many people off with some of these takes that you have. It's just natural, man. They love the Silver King. Hot, hot, truthful takes. People can't handle... Yeah. The By truth. the way, we are the red and black. Like, it's literally our colors. So the other one would be the black and white. And if you're actually going to talk about AEW, they'd be the gold and black, right? So True, your but metaphors, in spirit. Your metaphors are all mixed here. In spirit, the red and black wolf pack are the spinoff cooler. When they, did, when they did split it up and they got a little lame, you know, eventually they got lame. But originally, that split was hot. And if you weren't red and black, brother, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, ow! It, it was hot for a month. Conan can, cut a, Conan can cut a mean promo in the Red and Black Wolf back back then. You know it, Silver King. What about the LWO? No, I don't recognize that as a, as a real fight. No, I'm just kidding. LWO. What, what I like the, the BWO on, on ECW. Gonna, that's what was next. I was going to say, what about the BWO? Yes. Silver King. Yes, Tony Schiavone. Hey, uh, this week, man, we're losing a lot of our heroes, Adam. Uh, I'm not going to say this guy's my hero, but uh, shout out to the great, the great heel himself, King Kong Bundy who passed away this week at the age of uh, 61. Some some reports say maybe New York Times 63. 
But look, uh, I hate to see this happen. I feel like it's one after another lately. But you want to talk about an iconic heel. Holy crap, my wheelhouse. The damn 80s, right? Back in the day when Adam was... uh, 1984, brother. When you were still pooping in your diapers. Very true. But in all seriousness, shout out to the king himself, King Kong Bundy. The main event of WrestleMania 2. This guy was a monster, a giant. Man, WrestleMania 2 has such a spot for me emotionally because it's the first WrestleMania I watched live. Because WrestleMania 1, I was into it, but I was casual. It was not available in my house in Connecticut on pay-per-view. WrestleMania 2 was. But here's what you had to do, Adam. Here's old school, right? You had to go down to the video store. Mine was TJ's Video. And you had to rent a special box that would then allow you to purchase the pay-per-view. You'd put that box on top of your cable box. Box on box action. I got <laughs> WrestleMania 2. They broke it up into three cities. King Kong Bundy in the main event. And it was a really it was an angle that was really well set up on Saturday night's main event where Morocco and Bundy and Heenan all turned on Hogan. They crushed his ribs. Hogan comes into that giant blue steel cage. You remember the old giant one with the giant assholes? That's the best steel cage. It's the best it is. Yeah. And uh, and I, I'll give this look. You look back on that. Bundy's career was what it was. I mean, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not. But you look back on it. He was very believable to be in that spot. He played that heel role so well. And let's not forget the guy bladed in the main event of WrestleMania, too. So shout out to back then when wrestling still mattered and was still real to me, brother. And uh, the thing about King Kong Bundy's career. Yes, he had that little bit of a comeback in WWE in the 90s. It sort of was short, his run on top, sort of what we were talking about with the Honky Talk Man a week ago. But, man. Honky Talk Man didn't main event WrestleMania 2. That's a great point. And, I mean. And, you know, for the window that this guy was in, man, the height, the width of him. And for as devastating as he was, and the five count is incredibly iconic. I know NXT had that gimmick with Big E for a while. But when King Kong Bundy would force the referee to count the five count, I mean, it was awesome. That's a fantastic idea for somebody who would crush people with that splash and as much as he did great as a monster heel in the main event at Wrestlemania 2 let's not forget Wrestlemania 3 in the dome he was in that small person six man tag match with Hillbilly Jim doing almost comedy and he was great he was a great heel in that role he passes away Silver King for me that's the wheelhouse what are your King Kong Bundy memories so yeah I mean you know I didn't watch I wasn't alive uh, and then I didn't watch wrestling obviously, until I was like nine. Uh, So my introduction to King Kong Bundy was in the WWF in the 90s, right? That two-year run, 94, 95. Um, And my memory is King Kong Bundy versus The Undertaker. I forgot if it was SummerSlam or WrestleMania. WrestleMania 11 in Hartford. WrestleMania 11, yeah. WrestleMania 11, uh, Million Dollar Corporation. Uh, They were survivors at a Survivor Series. That was my King Kong, Kong Bundy memory. And then obviously, as I got older and I started you know, going back into wrestling history and watching the original WrestleManias, I was like, wow, that guy was the main event of WrestleMania 2. But the way they built him up to that, like you said, it was so believable. 6'4", 458, and he didn't look 458. Like He could you know, move. He, That's the thing. He could yeah. move for back then. Back then, you could be a big, slow old hoss as a villain, and it's totally fine, but he could move. But we're talking 458. We're not talking 350, Okay. He did not look and move, like you said, like a guy that size. Uh, Good on the mic, just great gimmick, great personality, and the five count was the best. And I got to be honest, it kind of hurt me, and obviously they couldn't have known this, but it hurt me that New Day wasn't on SmackDown. 
because what a tribute it would have been for Biggie to be in a singles match against Cesaro or oh, maybe yeah. maybe a job or maybe a jobber instead and do the you know five you know hold that up hold that five up and then it would have been awesome so it was a disappointment I hope they do get the opportunity to, to do a tribute like that and I gotta be honest BC I know WWE plans out their Hall of Fames in advance and they don't really change those plans when people die and maybe they just induct them the next year the guys from Atlantic City New Jersey put them in the Hall of Fame this year what's the problem uh, same thing with Bam Bam Bigelow, right? Who we thought was getting in last year. He's also from right, you know, Asbury Park, right near there. Yeah, this is tough. So you know, Booker T would hold up the 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 fingers. It's all about the five, and we knew what he was talking about. Bundy did that first when he held that up. Look, his hand was monster. And the thing is, in the eighties, that finish move, that finisher was incredibly believable. I remember as a kid when he would splash people. You're like, I remember going, Dad, does that break somebody's ribs? It has to. I know you told me it's fake, but people have to die when somebody that big falls on them. But here's the thing: you said he was great on the mic. If he he had Bobby Heenan, but he almost didn't need him. He was right. great with Bobby Heenan next to him, but this guy could talk. Here's my tribute to Bundy. Here's a classic 1985 Bundy promo. King Kong Bundy, Atlantic City, New Jersey. You know, Gene, we're talking about the WWF. We're talking about the hotbed of professional wrestling in 1985. It's right here, and that's the only place King Kong Bundy should be. Six foot six, 455 pounds, the biggest man in professional wrestling. And you know what makes me sick, Gene? What's been making me sick since I've been here in the WWF is them having the nerve, these promoters having the goal to put me in a ring with one man. I should be in the ring with a minimum of two men at one time. I don't care who it is. Give me the Pacific Coconut Connection. Give me the Bulldogs. Give me any two men. It doesn't matter who they are. I want to see somebody put King Kong Bundy down. It's never been done, and it's never going to be done here. Well, well what about this five count? You are demanding of officials throughout the World Wrestling Federation, not for a three count, but a five count. The only man... The only man in the history of professional wrestling to demand a five-count team. And the reason for that is I don't want anybody getting beat by King Kong Bundy and coming out of that ring and saying they got a fast count and they didn't really lose. When Bundy puts you down, when I put you in that corner and give you that big avalanche and you fall flat on your face and I roll you on your back and the referee counts to five, then there's no doubt in anybody's mind you've been beat. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. And by the by way, way that, that's how you build the character. Exactly, exactly. And he, he did the evil cackle that a lot of heels have done, but he did that really well, really believably. Uh, in the 80s, look, growing up where I did in Connecticut, it's such a great access to every friggin' territory uh, on TV almost. You know, you had AWA and ESPN. You had the Crockett NWA thing going on Saturday mornings. You got a lot of WWE. But I also got world class on ESPN, and they would show the world class classics for Texas and I remember being blown away as a kid that King Kong Bundy started in Texas, wrestled Fritz Von Erich in like 82 in a retirement match, falls count anywhere in the end zone of Cowboy Stadium where he lost via via pin because of the Iron Claw. And that's where Bundy lost his hair. He did a, a, a hair match against Fritz at one point and got it shaved and kept that look going the rest of the way. It's a, always crazy how these stories origin starts. Final thing on this, we mentioned... He was part of the Undertaker streak at Hartford. WrestleMania 11 is the worst WrestleMania of all time. I'm a Connecticut guy. Hartford's my home arena, Hartford Civic Center, XL Center. It never should have been there. It never should have been there. The, the, they were, the, the money was not there at that year. It's a crappy one. And I remember being a junior in high school and my buddy Alex Walkowski saying, hey, my dad can get tickets. You want to go to that WrestleMania? And straight up laughing at him. Adam laughing at him like... Get this crap away from me. No, I don't care that Lawrence Taylor's there. I don't want anything to do with that. Let's get Pearl Jam tickets, brother. I wish, in hindsight, 
I wish I had gone, obviously. And uh, shout out to Hartford finally getting a pay-per-view. Money in the bank in May? What's this about? I'll take I it. Don't, I don't get it. Why? That building's old. It's, it's, not, it's not great. It's not a good building, you know? Why are you putting a big five pay-per-view in Hartford? I mean, Put it, it in is... Miami. Can you guys come down to Miami, no, please? No, 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 they don't care. They don't care. I don't, it... I don't get it. Um, fun, s- semi-fun note on King Kong Bundy, because I was looking at his Wikipedia profile to make sure I got my facts straight. Previously wrestled under the name. I'm going to fix that because I stumbled. Hold on. Previously wrestled under the name Chris Canyon. Wow. Wow. Yeah, with C's instead of no K's there. Um, yeah, that's it. All right, that's it. Uh, anything else? You want to sell anything? You want to housekeeping? You want to tell these people, hey, we're gonna we're gonna hit, we're gonna hit you up with the Mount Rushmore. I know Tristan Alano's been sitting up there alone, but a lot of people making runs. We love it. We are. New- we we have some preliminary plans for it that we briefly discussed. Um, update on the merch. Working on it. We're gonna find out. I got all your messages. Honestly, guys and girls, a lot more interest than I thought, which is great. So we are working on it. We do hope to have something at some point soon, hopefully before WrestleMania 35. Uh, BC and I are still working on our WrestleMania 35 plans. And oh, by by the way, about that interview I promised you for this week, we didn't get it. So what did the Silver King do, BC? He went out and got someone bigger. So we have a a huge interview coming for you by the end of this week. If you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, make sure you check your iTunes, your Spotify, wherever you listen to our podcast on Friday afternoon. Yeah, the Silver King came through. This is a big one. You don't want to miss that. Uh, we'll, we'll have an old, we got another interview in the can for next week that a lot of people are going to be excited about. If you're old like me, if you're 40, you're going to like this one. If you're a man, come after me. I am 40. Uh, Silver King, you said girls. You Do you think we, like, I know a couple a couple females, you know, can't, no, I don't I don't mean that. A couple females have, have reached out and said, hey, you got female listeners too, but does that mean we have three female listeners or does that mean we've got, uh, I don't know, 536. Can't uh, I, w- I wouldn't go with that, but I will say that I, if I assume the people that tweet me about wrestling also listen to the show. And it's not all of them probably, but I also don't have you know as many followers as you do. Then I see constant women tweets. Wow. So yeah, I assume we have a significant number of listeners. Uh, shout out to Rachel Strzok, who always tweets me, always tweets us at State of Combat. Big fan. Um and yeah, uh, you know, hit us up. Uh, we always like hearing from the ladies, of course. Wow. And yeah, look, look at Silver King. He's like, I want to hear from you. I want to swipe to the right side. Look, I'm not throwing out Instagrams and doing stuff like that. But yes, you know, Silver King is single. Silver King is available, and he'll be in New York for two weeks coming up. Wow. Uh, He's in, like, hey, let me start a faction of all women. Let's do it. Sure. Let's do it. Sure. Would that be a group there's, or a faction? No, that's gross. We can't get into no. Is there three or four people? Two there's chicks at one time? No, no. Stop that. Stop that. All right. Uh, what, anything else? We got to keep house clean the house. Anything else? You got anything else to sell? We're not selling was, anything yet. We will. We might. I would say I would say, BC, that this house is clean and we should move on to the main event. This is the main event. Now, despite a lot happening this week, there's really not too much to talk about. Actually, there's really three major storylines that came out of WWE television that we have to touch on bc and first and foremost all of the twists turns and swerves in this ronda rousey becky lynch charlotte flair storyline now look i don't get worked a lot but i'm gonna be honest i was pissed and you saw my messages to you on slack at the beginning of raw when basically stephanie mcmahon came out and said yeah the raw title is vacant 
and it'll be I, I didn't actually believe it would be decided in that match, but I thought we were gonna go into WrestleMania 35 with a vacant Raw women's title because God forbid Rousey actually lose the title to someone else. And I got swerved. They're actually they didn't go that way, and it worked out at the end of the show, BC. But I gotta be honest, like for two hours and you know, 45 minutes on Monday night, I really thought that they took an overbooked storyline and made it even worse. Did you feel the same way? No. But I could feel that same way. Look, I got to a point on Monday night, which I thought was a was a in the end, my opinion, really good episode of Raw. Had three or four major things going on in between. There was a couple here and there, whatever. Sometimes in these spots, and we can we can be overly critical. Look, we're deep in the weeds on this show. Anyone that listens to this knows. I mean, this show, uh, I think people like it because we're so friggin' deep in the weeds. But we can get worked. We can get overly critical. We can do a lot of things because we care. We want everything to connect. Sometimes, though, the entertainment side can be so good that you've got to basically let go of certain things. I decided this week in this angle to let go because that ending scene, which we're, the final segment, which we can talk about at length, uh, was so hot fire to me. I was so entertained in many different ways that I had to make a decision after Raw that, no, the storyline is not all connecting. I got piles of DMs of people that are angry about this women's storyline and it all not collecting. And look, I could pick it apart, too. For a hot second, you mentioned Stephanie McMahon made a vacant Raw Women's Championship on Sunday with two women who are not on Raw. Anybody else had a problem with that? I could have a problem with that. A lot of these people have a problem with it. I'm going to play one for you because uh, he's a hardcore. He's trying to make a run. Kentucky Long Rifle. Yes, Billy Habibi at bhabibi 44 I'm going to read this because he summed up what everybody's DMing me this week. He says, BC, the booking of this women's title feud has been god-awful since the night after the Rumble. The most convoluted, that's a Silver King word, confusing storytelling I can remember. How many times can Becky be suspended and unsuspended? Is she injured? Is she not? Is the Raw title vacant? What the hell's going on? Is Ronda a face? Is she a heel? What about Steph? Why are two SmackDown women fighting, etc.? Oh, no, wait. Ronda was given the belt back now, so the Final. two SmackDown women are fighting for what? I cannot stand when Vince comes out and just changes stuff because he can. Why even have a show then? Just have Vince come out and make the matches he wants. It's so damn stupid and insulting to the audience. This that is trying to buy in. And Billy closes by saying that this. At this point, I would just rather have all three women... In a Yapapai Indian strap match and end this damn angle once and for all. Billy, yes, you're speaking to my heart. You're telling me exactly what I need to hear. The main priority in the Yapapai Indian strap match is to have flexibility on the wrist. Well, here's the deal, though. I'm trying to have flexibility in this storytelling. You're right, Billy. All right? You're right. I don't want to go to high school. You're right. Uh, Vince came out and changed everything a few weeks ago, and now suddenly a lot of that doesn't matter. Hey, didn't uh, Becky win the Rumble? Yes. So why does she have to play in now? To I get it. But Silver King, I'm going to make a positive decision for love. Love matters. I love the feelings that I got Monday night. I know I'm going to love this match at Mania. I just know it. I know I'm probably going to love what happens Sunday night in this match. I'm choosing love. What are you choosing? I'm not choosing anything. WWE is choosing convolution. Okay? I said it on Twitter right in the moment. It was one of my most retweeted tweets during a Raw ever. It's convoluted. Okay? And, and Billy said it too. They have gone to such lengths to overbook 
and overtell this story that they completely lost the basis of it. The basis of it is that Becky Lynch decided to be a badass and attack Ronda Rousey from behind on Raw. She ended up getting her face caved in by Nia Jax, right? Wasn't able to fight in this match, inserting Charlotte into the feud. Charlotte beat the hell out of Rousey to a DQ, okay? And Rousey got back at both of them by pushing them off the ladder. Um, I don't even remember the name of the pay-per-view. Uh, for allowing Oscar to win the SmackDown Women's title, screwing both of them. Becky wins the Royal Rumble, gets a match with Rousey. Now, if you stop there and build from there, you have an amazing story on the way to WrestleMania. And it's perfectly fine if you have Vince McMahon, for a nonsensical reason, come out on Raw and say, you know what? Ronda's great. Becky, you're not a star. This match needs star power. I'm going to insert Charlotte Flair. This is now a triple threat match. And if you still want to do Becky and Charlotte, then at Fastlane, you have Becky trying to take Charlotte out of the match. If I beat you here, you're not in the match. Maybe that match goes to a DQ and Rousey gets involved. Who knows how you book it from there? But the point is, it was simple. You can get to a triple threat match at WrestleMania very simply. Instead, Becky Lynch has been suspended, as you said, twice. She's had her knee injured 17 times. Every single week, they put something else in the storyline that has it make less sense than it did the week before. This week, it was stripping Ronda of the title, even though, she, yes, she did lay it down, but she shouldn't have laid it down in the first place. She should have just like said, hey, I'm taking this title with me, and I'm not coming back to Raw until Becky's added back to this match, or until I get the match I want. Instead, they had this happen. You have Stephanie call it vacated, and I'm spending two hours and 45 minutes, and as I said, yes, I got worked, but I spent two hours and 45 minutes of Raw not enjoying a large other portion of the show because I'm like, they're ruining this story. Now, yes, did they save it the last 15 minutes? Absolutely. I thought Ronda, not great, did a very good job on her promo. It, the last half of it is exactly what I've wanted her to do, albeit slower. For, for months, we've been talking about what she needs to do. She's finally a badass. She beat the hell out of Becky Lynch. It was great. But you didn't need the priors five weeks of convoluted storytelling to get there. They have taken the hottest storyline the company has had all year, and they've cooled it off significantly. They have plenty of time to save it. But that doesn't excuse what they've done over the last five weeks. All right, I don't know if they cooled it down. I will say that they added some unnecessary machinations and then adjusted those. And look, yeah, it's a hole that Vince came out and changed everything, and now we don't see Vince at all. That's a hole. I'm not. I'm not going to lie to you. Where is Vince? Where is Vince? All the stuff you said about uh, and why and why, by the way, I'm sorry, but why is Stephanie able to overturn one thing but not the other? Why is why is Stephanie able to say? hey, that 60-day suspension where you've spent seven days or 14 days suspended, you can come back, but I'm not going to remove Charlotte from this match. What, what's a, what well, she said she's going to do what's best for business. So, I mean, they're, they're trying to explain it, but at the end of the day... Apologize, you son of a bitch! It's not going to apologize for anything. Not he's this gonna, time, Vince. He's no. going to do whatever he wants. So here's the deal. Um, I don't know if it cooled it off, all right? Has it cooled off Becky? Becky's cooled off, man. Becky so, has cooled off. But her I don't on Tuesday was her worst that she's done in a while. But I don't think the overall feud and, and maybe it's just me personally, but I can only speak for myself. The overall feud and my expectations for the match has not been cooled off. And I will say this. There have been many times on this road to WrestleMania. And now we're now as we record this, I think, 32 days out. There's been times where it's felt like they didn't have 
a road mapped out, that they're winging it like they do way too often, that the dots, they didn't know how to connect them, so they created some things to delay and detour. It very much feels like that. But I don't think they've ruined it. So I'm going to stand by them. I'm going to give them the chance to continue to win me over. And at least something's happening. That's what I'm saying. Maybe no, it's not, not perfect. You, you, that's not fair, man. We know it can be better. Yes. I, I laid out for you how it can be better. You can t- take Becky off TV for a full week. Have her do a training rehab montage. Interview her while she's getting rehab. You don't – like there's so many creative ways you can get to this point. And just by throwing, throwing curveballs for the sake of throwing curveballs isn't going to be successful because if you don't have a good curveball, it's going to get smacked out of the park. Wow. wow. And, and, that's what, and that's what's happening. That's what, now, that's I may what have been happened. on your side more if the ending, which you referenced, wasn't as hot fire as it was. This is the Ronda Rousey you always wanted. This was the Ronda Rousey I needed. Here is why I'm not going to complain and I'm choosing love because this got me fired the hell up. For the mania, for the chicks, for the chicks at mania, for the chicks who listen to our show as we talk about the chicks at mania, I'm fired up for chicks. No, and I agree that they definitely saved it or repaired some of it in the main event of Raw, no question. And the social media stuff, some people are criticizing it between Ronda and Becky. I like it. I think it's hold hot. that hold it's that real, take hold that take. I got it, that it's coming real up insults, soon. but but more than anything, just because. It worked out in the end. Doesn't excuse the like, like yeah, Shawshank Redemption, right? You have to, you know, swim through tons of crap to get to freedom. It you still crap, have to swim though. through tons of crap. Uh, it was. It, wouldn't it be nice if they just opened the door to the jail and let you out instead? It still tasted and smelled good. It was just imperfect. But look, let's get to the let's get to the finish here. What did what did Bobby say? I love a happy ending. Yes, Bobby. This was very I, happy. This I just was want to fant- clarify one thing, by the way. Wow, this guy. I cannot press the button. Go ahead, Soke. Take when you spin no, no, off no. with your own I, white I, and black show. You could talk at. Ad nauseum. I just want to clarify one thing so people don't misunderstand me. I don't think they ruined it. I just feel it's cooled down where it should have stayed piping. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot right now. It's hot. Do you know what I think about every time I think of it? From the moment we saw him, we thought, sex. Yes, that's what I think about right now. Here it comes. Thank you, Rhonda. I did everything I could, everything I could to respect this business. I worked my ass off, and I exceeded every expectation. I poured my heart out and sacrificed my body for your entertainment. And what did you do, huh? You put me out the Staples Center in Los Angeles, my home. You cheered for Becky Love out here, working my ass off to entertain you. Well, you know what? No. No, I am done pretending. I am no longer here to entertain you. I would break Charlotte and Becky's noses if I so much as sneezed in their direction, and you know it. No, I'm not your dancing monkey. Not anymore. Damn your fantasies. Damn the man. Screw the woo. And no more Mrs. Nice Bit. God. Yeah. That's the natural born killer we all deserve. She's speaking some truths in there. Some real life truth. Right? She does get booed. She's, she's turning heel. I know you're going to tell me it's not a heel turn. No, it's a heel turn. She just turned heel. She turned on the crowd. When you turn on the crowd, it's a heel turn. Heel Ronda is what we always said would be the best. She said it in the interview I did with her ahead of WrestleMania last year that she would be excited because she knows that that's probably the best use of her. This was great. So again, was all the dots to get us here perfect? No. But Adam, despite an odd amount of hate I got in my DMs this week from people who are just like, I never want to see Ronda again. Look, this wasn't Ronda saying, y- your dad 
Stutter, stutter, stutter. Your dad of last week. This was Ronda being who she was supposed to be, a badass. I thought that you would be able to suspend all the other issues and just live in this bubble. This was great. Do you know what this wasn't? This wasn't this. You are so... No, or this. Sorry. I really can't wait to show the man how it's really done. It wasn't that. That's over. We got her where we need her. It it wasn't perfect still because she still rushed through it and she still spoke very quickly. And if she just slowed that down a half of a beat, you're talking about a totally different, like really damn impactful promo. She sped through it so fast that a lot of people didn't really have the opportunity to like latch onto what she said. But when you watch it back a second time, you're like, damn, like she nailed that. Right. But again, just too fast. But yeah, listen, I loved it. I thought she did a great job. I was really excited about it. That just because I love Rhonda and love Becky and love Charlotte and I like that moment, that doesn't excuse what the other two hours and 45 minutes on that show in the last five weeks have been in the storyline. Just because it's okay now and it's better now doesn't mean it wasn't crap and that I had to sit through it and that they week by week kind of disintegrated it a little bit by bit and it made less sense and less sense. And now it's like, oh, this makes sense. But they booed Rhonda. Like Rhonda mentioned like them booing her in Los Angeles. That was the Monday after the Royal Rumble. That was five weeks ago. Come out two weeks later and say that. Not It shouldn't have taken six weeks to get to this. Well, she's America's sweetheart. In storyline, it took time for that callus to build and for her to get angry and see what's going on. And then finally, Stephanie screwed her, so it all came out. Look, it, it kind of came back full circle. It worked. It was great. Guys, I feel things right now. Oh, man, I'm fired up for this. Can you feel that? Adam, feel all of that. Are you feeling it? You're not feeling it. It's weird. I feel that. I felt it in my bones. I'm feeling it in the bone, inside of it. <laughs> I'm, listen, I'm, I like what happened at the end of Monday, and honestly, I thought Tuesday night was good, too. I didn't think Becky's promo was amazing. Tuesday, but they, they, they moved the chains. They you know, moved the chains. It was fine. They got us from one point to the other. I did like where Charlotte, that backstage promo, like stuttered yes. on purpose a couple times. And laughed when she was like that. There was little subtleties. Look, Charlotte's amazing right now. She's doing amazing work. Look, that's the point. Everyone in this is is carrying the ball right now. So I would say that this was Rhonda's best moment on Monday. I would say the last like two weeks to three weeks have been Charlotte. And prior to that was Becky. So they're each kind of taking a turn being in the spotlight. But I don't even think they're doing that on purpose. I just think like Charlotte's really growing into herself because she needs to. She has to step up her game to match Becky on the mic and Ronda in the ring. And I i mean, that's kind of weird to say even. Um, but I think everyone's stepping up their game. But the storyline that they were presenting was preventing them from really all being A-plus at the same time because Becky wasn't able to. Like, they have Becky shrugging away that she's getting suspended and pulled out of a match. No, she should run up there and beat the crap out of Vince. All right, I got three things for you on this. Knock his old ass down. One, when Vince came out, the first time to ruin this, it made Becky look weak and we all got mad. So right now we're saying, where's Vince? I'm kind of happy that Vince isn't here and I'm going to forget that ever happened. Two, you said Charlotte's growing into herself. I also heard that Andrade is growing into herself as well. (laughs) Shout out to that couple. And three, (laughs) true or false, do we know the end game? Do we know that this triple threat match at WrestleMania after Becky makes this Daniel Bryan-like surging comeback through injury to beat all these people to get there. You know it's going to be good, right? You know the final score. You know we, we're going to win the game, right? Get fired up. It's going to rule. <laughs> I, don't even know. I, I don't even know what the end of what you said is because I'm still laughing at the Andrade comment. Yes, the end is going to rule. 
yes, the the two weeks of, of Go Home Raws heading into WrestleMania are going to be great. Yes, the main event of WrestleMania 35 will be great with these three women, especially if, as we hope, Becky Lynch leaves with the title. All right, it's hold, all going to be that awesome, thought, I got but a question it doesn't excuse you. screw-ups. Hold it that doesn't. question. I got a th- question for you. You mentioned real quick that uh, Becky versus Ronda uh, Twitter feud just went to all new levels in the past week. We got a lot of DMs this week. Some weeks we recognize these people. Some weeks we're too busy. Some weeks we get mad because these people turn on me because they can't handle the heat of the bedsheets. But this week we got a lot of new newcomers coming in. I welcome these first time long times, all right? You get mad, not me. Kentucky Long Rifle. What is that, an email? A Corey Friedman at CF Cubs Related. I don't know what the hell that means. But hey, Corey Friedman, welcome to the show. He says, Hey, BC, long time listener of the SOCITC, first time slider. He says, I generally love the interactions, but detest Rousey repeatedly suggesting that wrestling isn't real. And that Becky's armbar is fake. I don't need them pretending WWE is more real than UFC. But I don't find calling wrestling moves fake that she'll be selling at WrestleMania, mind you, an effective way to build a match. Maybe I'm misremembering, but Brock does a fine job of selling his legitness without constantly calling wrestling fake and suggesting moves put on him aren't real. As an aside... State of Combat is the only wrestling pod I actually look forward to dropping each week. So thank you guys for the hard work. Hey, Corey Friedman, welcome to the show. Welcome to the family. Adam, I loved the Twitter interaction, but he's got a point there. It went in all kinds of new areas. Your thoughts on whether Ronda is doing too much pissing on what they're actually doing. So first of all, the word he was looking for was legitimacy. Uh, But second of all, I'm on both sides and you can call it edge, but I'm legit on both sides because half of it I'm okay with and half of it I'm not. I'm okay with Rhonda saying if I catch you out of the ring or, you know, if this was not on TV, I would legit beat the shit out of you because that's true. And there are rules in a wrestling ring. So you can mentally think of it like, oh yeah, she can do closed fists and she can do moves that would not be legal in a WWE match. But on the other hand, I do fully agree with him in that by basically saying your armbar isn't real, it doesn't actually hurt, when she gets put in the disarm her, how is she going to then sell that during WrestleMania? Or is she going to completely no-sell it, which I can't imagine? So she puts herself in a bad situation doing that. I think Rousey's social media team, because she does have one, does a good job overall. They do these – and by the way, they're actually – they would be the equivalent of TVMA. Cursing is allowed. She does these YouTube videos where she like recounts her weeks in life and including what she does in WWE. And she speaks kind of honestly. And her Twitter game is pretty strong. But I would say she went like 10% over the line. But the other 90% is great. And Becky's 100% is amazing. So I'll let that go. I let it slide. All right. All right. I- I'm, o- I'm okay with that. I- even, let's- even in that promo we just played, she sort of said, mentioned, you know, in real life, if I would have just sneezed at these two, I could beat their ass. So I don't hate that because we're going to talk about Triple H and Dave Batista removing that fourth wall. I don't mind that they're weaving it in and mixing it in. I, I get you could t- put a, a you know a hot take on it, but no, whatever. It's fine. Look, when it gets real, it gets real. I love it. We want real. We want meta stuff. We want sort of like clever stuff. So this is great. Are you on the Meltzer track that every tweet from these two is cleared by WWE, and if not, possibly written out by WWE. No. 
You think they're free? They're free balling it. <laughs> wow, I just lost my voice on that one. You think they're free balling it? Is what you're saying? Yeah, I do. I think they're told maybe things they can't say or can't do. But yeah, balls I mean, wide open. That's what you're saying. I mean, do you think do you think WWE manages Big E's Twitter account? The things that he says, I don't. Big E, by the way, is a great Twitter follow. Just side note. Maybe WWE should manage my boy Corey Graves' Twitter account. Sometimes he's getting in like brawls with fans and stuff. By the way, we since we're talking about Twitter. Did you see what Enzo Amore posted about King Kong Bundy? Yeah, I can't, I can't defend that. I can't. Whether that's he's your boy. He's your boy. He's not my boy. His character. Yes, Are we allowed to love the art and not the artist? Let me, let you me ask you. Defended him. Let me Eric, ask you that. Do you know you what I like doing? Eric, you defended Eric Arnold or whatever his name is, uh, coming out of you know a lot of things that he's done. Do you know what I like uh, to do? Because it reminds me of being a kid. Remember when you were a kid? You get home from school, you put on ESPN, and they just randomly be playing like NFL films. From the 50s and 60s, like the greatest running backs in, in yeah. NFL history. And, you, and all the show is like Jim Brown breaking 80-yard touchdown runs for like five minutes. It's great. And then you'd see some running backs you never knew before. And then they showed O.J. Simpson highlights from with the Bills in the 70s. He's beautiful to watch. He's breathtaking. Adam, he will slice your effing throat. <laughs> but I love it. That's fine. I'm yeah, not trying not to defending it. Yeah, but you're not defending OJ. I'm not trying to vouch for Eric Arndt. All right, but Enzo Amore is an artiste who entertained the balls out of us. So yeah, he's, all he's you... an artiste who doesn't know the difference between King Kong Bundy and George the Animal. Steve. Well, that's the thing. E- either that's a ignorant, it's ignorant post, or it's him attempting to be ignorantly funny. And either way, it's no. a fail. I can't, I can't defend it. I mean, you know, it, look, it is what it is. What do we got? Yeah, a couple of haters. You telling me you wouldn't want him back, whether it's no. on AEW or WWE in some form? You're telling me no, straight no. up. You do not want this man back. Correct. Would you listen to his entire rap album to not have to ever hear him back on TV? How long is the rap album? I have no idea. But you say you like rap. Maybe, maybe, you'll, maybe he'll win you over on that. You yeah, can, I like rap, not crap. You can love the art, Adam. It's okay to love the art and not the artist. Okay. <laughs> There's nothing. About him, that did you say you were life. a big Ray Carruth fan in high in in college? No, why would I be a Ray Carruth fan? You can love the art and not the artist. It's 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 yeah, fine. But why would I like Ray Carruth? He, he was a great football player for a hot second. All right, Ray Lewis killed a man. I think he's a great linebacker. Right? Neither for neither for my teams. If you were trying to make an argument, you would say Aaron Hernandez, who I was a fan of in college, and obviously not now. That's true. He's one of the uh, yeah. That's the one that you should have used, but it's okay. I have to save VC. Once again. Well, it's too uh, close to home, all right? I grew up right right down the road from here. Too close to home, okay? I went to the same school as him. I mean, come on. All right. There's more main event. We got through the women. Now let's talk about the men, but the older men. Our boy Paul, Triple H, oh, yeah. delivered an epic promo against Batista BC, breaking a little kayfabe along the way. I don't even want to talk about it until we hear it. So let's hit that button. Paul, where are you? Bring it. It's time. Let's do it. Here's the thing. I don't I don't really care where you want to go, what you want to do. I'll come to your freaking house, Dave. That work for you? I'll invite you to come to mine. Does that work for you? I will go wherever you are. Movie set, it don't matter. I will come there. Name it. Every building we go to, I will be there waiting for you. Have some balls. Show up. 
It's not something we're putting out there. This is no characters. This isn't a name on a marquee. Yeah, Triple H is who they know. That ain't who you're stepping in with. When you stand face to face with me, and I don't give a crap where it is, you look in my eyes, you ain't looking at the character. You are looking at the man. You are looking at the man, Dave. Look me in my eyes like a man if you can. Stand up to me. Tell me what you want, and I will give you everything that you want. You want my attention, Dave? You've got it. Oh, my God. God, that was fantastic. And then we didn't even play the full, which was that stuff about him calling him calling Dave a quitter and saying when the fans turn on you, Blue Tista, you quit. Everything about that was freaking brilliant. Starting out call, talking about Richard Flair, the man, crying, talking about almost losing, making the joke about Rick being married a whole bunch of times. That's how you cut a damn promo, Adam. That's promo of the year, and it's going to be hard to beat. I mean, I don't know who and I don't know who's going to beat it. I don't know what they're going to say. Becky will have her opportunities leading into WrestleMania. There's certainly storylines that we don't know that are going to happen over the course of the year. Honestly, the Usos cut a great promo on Tuesday night. That would be among the finalists. But BC, that's my promo of the year. That is the bar that has been set. And I do not know that anyone will reach it because that is someone who grew up in the industry, who knows how to cut a promo without a script and is able to show passion and urgency. And it's something that talent today, not that they can't do, they haven't been taught to do. They're not trained to do that. They're they're not trained to do it because what they've been taught and what they've learned is to get a piece of paper that has a script and read it, maybe bullet points, and work off of bullet points. And yeah, he had bullet points. I'm sure he had certain things he wanted to make sure he hit. He planned out what he was going to say, but those weren't scripted lines that he memorized. He went out there, he spoke from the heart, especially at the beginning, you heard him kind of like stumble and pause and think about like how, where he wanted to go and how he was going to connect the Richard Fleer stuff to the Batista stuff and so on. It was a perfect promo. It was. I'm going to say as great as that was, and that was great. And this is why this feud has a chance to be freaking epic. Is because Trips delivered arguably, in, you know, it's going to be in the finalist for promo of the year. And by the way, he is great. I am great. Yeah, we know that. But Batista was almost better in that Instagram, which I don't have right now. And it wasn't that he said something so epic. It's just that Batista 2019 version is doing such a good do- job being an I don't care heel, being just a dirtbag, that the two of these guys are almost competing against each other now. I am so damn fired up. All right. What he did to Flair and the and the the how he presented that was amazing. What he did this week being like, yeah, I don't know if I'll be there next week. I'm not going to be there this week. Crapping on the talents. I just think it was perfect. It may not have been the stuff Trip said was better written. Obviously, it was better content. But what I'm saying here is Batista is delivering exactly how we need him to be. Like in one, well, yeah, like the it's Batista, perfect. The Batista character needs to be like a little bit Miz, you know, the the Hollywood star a little bit rock and a little bit just badass, like take no prisoners. And that's what he's doing. He's basically saying I'm bigger than like what the promo really should have been. The one on Instagram should have been like, I'm bigger than going. He's like, I don't like Philadelphia. He should have said, I'm bigger than going to Philadelphia. I only go to major cities. Like that's how you do it. And I didn't like that. He was in red glasses when he was playing the blue thing. And we actually got a message. I'm sorry. I don't have the Twitter handle in front of me, but it was a, a message on Twitter 
who he tweeted to both of us. It was Chike. It was our guy at Guru. Was Van, it Chike? Yeah, from and he's Nigeria. Like, did you notice? He's like, did you notice in the recap package of Batista and Triple H that during the Batista part, it was tinted blue? And I was like, I didn't notice that. And I went back. And it was. GK, I'll give TK is, credit. He tweeted at you, tweeted at me, tweeted at us together, DM'd me, and then did a separate DM of trying to do it to both of us. I think he maybe showed up at my front door to tell me this. He had to get this <laughs> message from Africa to us. We welcome that. We love the passion, GK. You're one of our boys on that. Um, love the passion of this promo because it was real. It's Triple H mentioning all those things we just mentioned and mentioned ripping his, almost kind of throwing a shot at his movie career and stuff. But how about this? Remember when he said in the middle of there, you can come to my house. Real life question here. If Dave does come to Paul's house, let's say they want to map this storyline out until Mania. Does Steph cook or is there no chance Steph cooks? No, Steph's not cooking. Like not even a thought in the like not even a hey, I don't cook every night, but I do have that chicken catch recipe that Linda gave me. Right. So the situation is this. The situation is. When when mom and dad are home. And it's a whole family meal. Something's either being ordered in or there's a chef cooking. But if it's a night where like Triple H is on the road and she's hanging out with the kids, then yes, there's frozen items. There's things that she can make. There's things she can cook herself. But if a guest is coming over, food is being brought in or food is being made by someone, you know, professionally. All right. I'm going to have to ask you a hard question. She's not making, she's not making eggplant parmesan and pasta and garlic bread and salad. Adam, we don't dodge topics on this show. We don't try to, you know, sing praises when it, we really should be uh, contradicting or, or, or calling people out. Who's raising those kids? Stephanie and Paul or hired help? You got to tell me the damn truth. right? Well, now. there's definitely a nanny, but <laughs> Stephanie, I think she raises the kids. Yeah. All right. All right. You know what? People give her a lot of crap for a lot of things. Many deservedly so. But the one thing that stands out to me is even when she does the charity stuff. And yes. Yes, folks, I'm not stupid. I have heard and seen the clip of her saying, you know, philanthropy is the newest form of marketing or PR or whatever. I I know. But it does seem like she's legitimately – it seems like she actually has a heart and a soul and she actually gets touched when these things happen, when she does the Connors Cure stuff and she sees all these kids and when her kids are around. So, yes, no, I believe she's a loving mother and a good parent. And I do think she raises the kids. But they're rich. They both travel. There's definitely a nanny. I mean there has to be. All right, let me – There might be – there might be two. All right, let me offer you this scenario, okay? You get to pick one of these, Adam. It's your lucky day. You won the contest. You're the WWE's one millionth fan through the turnstile. They say, here's the deal. We're going to give you front row at WrestleMania, and you can choose one match to watch from Gorilla sitting next to Vince and Road Dog and Triple H and Armstrong and whoever the heck is back there. So that's your options, okay? This year... The giant stadium, you could be front row in the same chair that that dude, when The Undertaker lost to Brock and dropped his chin, you can be in that chair and be in Gorilla for one match of your choice. Or you could go to the McMahon family Thanksgiving party for 90 minutes and be welcomed (laughs) at the table and just listen. Who is is everyone there? Everyone's there. It's at it's at. Probably at Steph's house, probably, because Vince and Linda at this point are like, no chance. It's a hundred percent at Vince's house, first of all. Hundred percent. Dude, I'm taking Thanksgiving, and maybe that's maybe that's offset by the fact that we've we've been pretty close. I mean, I've been backstage, so, which is a it's a it's a freaking rush. It's the most amazing thing if you're a Mark ever to be backstage. So I've been there. Maybe that's jading my answer, but 
but I'm taking the dynamics of that family on Thanksgiving over anything you can offer me. You could say you could play the role of Nicholas next to Braun Strowman and win the tag titles, and I still might go to the Thanksgiving. Dinner. All right, so I wouldn't do Thanksgiving because, you, A, you limited it to 90 minutes, and you said Thanksgiving, which means there's extended family. They're busy. All the attention's not on me answering my questions. I'm just listening, and maybe like Vince isn't even in the room. Oh no, Vince, Vince is, is in the room, but you're a voyeur. This is not you to pick their brain. You're just listening. You're you're this is, yeah, you no, get to I'm eat taking, the turkey because you know they're eating something top ass shelf. It's going to change your gorilla, life. I'm taking Gorilla on a headset because even though you can buy front row WrestleMania, and we could probably get our way backstage some other way, you know, with our jobs and and doing a feature or something like that. We're not sitting in Gorilla with a headset on with oh, Vince. Dude, I am. But first of all, the Thanksgiving meal is the best meal ever. I want to hear Vince curse out Michael Cole on the headset. That's what I see, want. See, I want to eat what they eat, and I also want to sit there and see the dynamics. Because I can't see Vince ever not talking about work. Like, even if one of Shane's boys jumps on his lap and touches his muscles and stuff, Vince is probably like, oh, you know, get like get away. I got to book the damn territory here, right? Where's Patterson? So let's go. I know it's November, but let's go by the pool. Hey, Bruce is back. Yes, let's do this, right? Yeah, but again, I don't think it's as eventful as you think it is from a wrestling standpoint. Does Linda interrupt Vince and say, Vince, come on, it's Thanksgiving. It's a holiday. Can we just talk about, like, family here? Or is she, is she so far past that point? Well, do you think, like, Pritchard goes to Thanksgiving and he's sitting there next to him yeah. that, instead of Shane and Stephanie? Oh, man. I would give so much to find out the real. And previously, Arn, Arn Anderson on the other side, but no longer. Let me ask you right now. In Vince's dark heart, who does he love more, Shane or, or Paul? Be a hundred percent honest with me. <laughs> he loves Shane more than Paul. All right. All right. The answer is Shane. Or, the the question is Shane or Stephanie. And there's an answer. There's an easy answer. Oh, Stephanie, a hundred percent Stephanie. Yes. There's she, she stated he left. Simple as that. Yep. Oh, wow. Wow. But he has a fa- he has a favorite, and it's Steph. I mean, it has to be. Oh wow! This is so. This is so. This is too good. This is too good. So you mentioned you mentioned being backstage. Very brief story. Okay. Back when I was like seventeen. Uh, Raw or SmackDown, I forgot which one, came to Fort Lauderdale uh, in, in the major arena that we had, actually Sunrise, technically. Uh, my buddy and I went to the show. After the show, he was insistent that we could get backstage if we just tried. And I said, like, what are you talking about? He was, let's drive our car into the backstage area. We can get backstage. I'm like, okay. So we do that. Uh, we drive our car into the security area of this arena, and the security guard just lets us in. We park our car and we see the door that enters to the underground area of the arena and we walk into the door and we stand against the wall. And the first person that we see is the undertaker who walks by us. We're like seven. Again, we're 17 in like shorts and t-shirts. Right. And we're, and we're trying not to be noticed who stops, looks at us, nods, knowing that we should not be there and goes on with his day or night. <laughs> we saw Vince. We saw Steve Austin. Um, not Sable, I forgot, was another, a woman, I'm, I'm forgetting off the top of my head, and we saw like eight or nine people mulling about about 30 minutes after the show was over. We went back into the car, screamed, and drove off. That's my backstage WWE That's a story. pretty badass story. What year is that? 17, so 2001-ish. That's not a bad time to be back there. 2000, 2001, something like that. Damn, that's that. Vince, full, Vince, full gray suit. Looking massive, and I'm like, oh my god, that's actually Vince. That's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, he's got a very intimidating presence in person. I'll say that it's very, very. It's like you, the whatever music is playing in the air stops the second he. It's li- it's literally what his entire life and career is built upon: him being intimidating in every every scenario, every situation. Wow. 
All right, where are we at? Where are we at? Let's roll. Let's roll. Yeah. So are we done with Triple H and Batista? Uh, no, we're not done. Here's the deal with Triple H and Batista. Here's how you make this a home run. Keep doing what you're doing. They're both veterans. You let them both say and cut promos that they want to say. But here's my request, folks. WWE Creative, that you've either never heard of this show or you listen to us and book off of our ideas. I'm not going to be that presumptuous. They probably never listened to our show once. But if you are listening right now, don't let them touch one time before that match. Because... Triple H has a legitimate, almost real-life gripe. They're trying to toe the line here, right? They they pointed out, hey, he referenced that uh, Batista for two years has been whining on, on social media for this match. He's protecting his 70-year-old friend in storyline that got beat up. Don't let them touch. I don't need a pull-apart brawl. I don't need anything. I'm, a, I'm okay that. with a pull-up. I'm okay with a pull-apart if they never touch during it, meaning like Batista, because he's a Hollywood celebrity, should, when he does show up, should come with legit security detail. Not the guys in the polos or the cops, but like guys in black suits. Hired security. And when Triple H tries to get at him, they actually hold him off. And there's this barrier created that he cannot get to this guy. And then they pay it off at WrestleMania. So I do agree with that. But BC, we've, we've seen t- them talk really twice. They engaged a third time during that October SmackDown 1000 episode that really set all of this up. But I got a, a, a tweet, and I don't agree, but basically said, screw the women's triple threat. This should be the main event of WrestleMania. And I don't agree with that. But even if they do end up going Daniel Bryan Kofi as we expect, I think this is a top three Mania match right below the w, uh, the Universal Championship. Yeah. It's that good. It's that good already. Yeah, it won't it won't break the it won't break the seal of competing with Rollins, Lesnar, or the women's match for the last spot. I think it might be even better than the mid card main event slot. It might be in that two matches before you know in between the popcorn match and the main event. Yeah, you're right, and, it, and the entrances will be epic, and Steph will be standing on a motorcycle or something weird. Yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. And hey, we'll get, and we'll and we'll actually get Batista with fireworks. And if they don't use Rick properly in the build to this then I don't want to talk to them again. You have an opportunity. Rick can still talk. He loves this. He'll blade. He'll blade in a second. Do something with him. Let his colostomy bag blow up. Give me something <laughs> with Rick here. All right? All right, BC. And in a really surprise, almost third part of our main event, we had a major title change on SmackDown. And I say major, not because of the title, because this title has changed hands. Like It feels like 20 times in the last two months. But because of the man who won the title, that's Samoa Joe capturing the United States Championship in a fatal four-way match over R-Truth, Rey Mysterio Jr., and Andrade, who he actually pinned. I absolutely loved it. I marked out. It was a feel spot activation moment. You know I love Samoa Joe. Did you feel the same way? Uh, I didn't mark out feel spot from Joe winning. The match was really good. And our, our good buddy, Jack Crosby, who you've heard on the show before, was there in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And he says, like, that's the moment of the night. By far, that match was insanely good for TV. It was a really fun match. Um, I like Joe winning. I like him. I didn't even know that was his first championship. I, I, I was, that wasn't the first thing I thought of. But, yeah, it makes sense. I like him winning it. But there's part of me. Look, you got to understand, I'm an R-Truth fan. So uh, they, they teased us twice during that match that he was going to miraculously pull it off again. Uh, did I want our truth entering WrestleMania with the championship belt w- for all he's done and how Fine. fun he's been lately? Are you kidding me? And apparently I'm not alone. 
here's from our <laughs> sorry about that here's from our uh our good friend bones at not the fake bones he agrees but he took it further he says i will never forgive wwe for not letting our truth carry the u.s title into mania but here's where he took it next level to have his open challenge answered by john cena full circle right on the on the storytelling there i sometimes things are obvious and you just don't see it I didn't think of that for all this John Cena, my hero stuff that they've overplayed, which has been great. It's been fun. They overplayed it to go full circle, have truth go into mania and John Cena show up and win it. We would have popped for that. It would have been great. No, people would have booed Cena if they like truth. They're not bringing him back as a heel on the heel side. They're not doing that. All right. That's a fair comeback, but that would have been a fun moment. No, look, if look. our if our if we're getting instead Joe Cena, I can't hate on that, obviously. But look, truth is great. Okay, he's fantastic. The fact that they gave him a title for a month is cool. He got that win that we're talking about, that miraculous win last week. They paid that off into this week's match. It was really good storytelling and booking. He got the miraculous win over Mysterio last week. He almost got it this week. Mysterio kicked out. Joe ends up coming out, you know, doing what he did. Great, you know, great move set from him. Great move set from Mysterio on Andrade to really weaken Andrade enough that Joe could finish him off. And we got a new champion. And we got a guy, I don't know if you saw the crowd reaction, they were chanting Joe in the background. He's supposed to be a heel, but the fans know what we know. Samoa Joe is championship material in WWE. He legitimately could have gone over Brock Lesnar, and people would have loved it. They didn't let him. He legitimately could have gone over AJ Styles, and they didn't let him, and people would have loved it. So at least he has a title. He can bring some legitimacy to this after Nakamura held it for three months, two months, and was never on TV. They gave it to Rusev for some reason. I still don't know why. And then they gave it to R-Truth as a transitional champion. He was never going to take the title into WrestleMania. You have someone like R-Truth win the title at WrestleMania, like a Zack Ryder. The fact that he even got a title reign at age, was he, 47? And that he's on the screen with Carmella dancing and he's over as hell, that's an accomplishment. Let him be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. No, no. Let him pop the crowd. It'll be a great moment. He didn't need the title. Samoa Joe taking the title into WrestleMania against a legit opponent or opponents is a great idea. I mean, look, Joe Cena, if that's where they're going, holy crap. that it could should be, be where they're going. Could be fantastic. So I'm not against that. But look, we all have our favorite wrestlers, right? Zack Ryder climbed the ladder at 32. I popped. If Tyler Breeze ever gets a bite of the steak i'm gonna pop our truth being in the spot of 47 i popped and by the way that promo joe cut afterwards is just it's just brilliant we i, I should have grabbed it and played it because it's just perfect it's brilliant it's why he's deserving and everything you said about it i can only support you how are we having a main event not talking about the shield are we delaying that to fast lane preview yeah we'll talk about it during fast lane because that's actually. arguably the biggest story of the week it's a story it's a story the shield's back together it's a story that's what that, that that's how I feel about it. Wow. Silver King taking editorials uh, liberty, editorial liberty here. Another thing not on our rundown, but was news this week. I want to hear your take because you seem very emotional about this. Tori Wilson in the Hall of Fame in 2019 joining the H Tonk man, the damn DX. And potentially others, your thoughts, Adam. Yeah, I'm OK with it. I, I didn't wasn't passionate about it. I thought the the package that they ran on WWE TV announcing it did nothing to tell me that she belonged there. Like, amp her up somehow. Like, make her feel like she should be a Hall of Famer 
if you're going to put her in. I don't think she's not deserving because she was a big name during a big era for WWE. But at the same time, she's more of a Rikishi than she is a honky-tonk man. Yeah, you said that. Nick Flynn said that. Do you know Nick Flynn, one of our listeners? You ever hear of him? Not familiar. All right. I don't, I don't share DMs with him, but he's been he's been on the show before at nflynn underscore 17. He flied in this week to tell us he's going to be honest. While he popped for Tori Wilson getting in the Hall of Fame, not like the times I popped for her in my teenage years. By the way, he called for that zipper sound in his own DM. Well done, Nick Flynn. But when he wasn't committed, oh, he must be married. But let's be honest, he says. Is her career one that justifies being Hall of Fame worthy compared to some other women who are left off this list? The Molly Hollies, the Lunas, the Bull Nakanos of the world who are more deserving because of their ring work. He's not wrong, but I, you know what I think this is ultimately? And look, this is a representation of the TNA sex era. Not T, not Total Impact Wrestling, but T and A. Uh, yeah, she's not Hall of Fame worthy, let's be honest. But let's be honest what WWE's trying to do every year. I feel like they want to give you... One minority, one woman, one dead guy, right? There's like this formula they're doing. And it's just sometimes when they use that formula, you're getting people in who not necessarily deserve or need to be there. I'm also going to offset it by saying this. There's times we float away as WWE fans. The entire stretch that Tori Wilson was a thing, I think most of that stretch I was out or barely in on WWE. So when they run that package, I almost, it's like I never saw her. Like I've seen her. Come on, I said I've seen her, but you know what I'm saying? I, don't I mean, you, be, like... you better have seen the Tory Wilson and Sable segments. Yeah, I mean, look, at that point, even when you're not in, even pre-YouTube, it gets you. You'll find it. But, um, Adam, you like all the Adams on our show. We have a lot. We got this faction, right? Is it a group or a faction? Do they wear belts or titles? What... It's, it's actually a faction because someone else tweeted me and is like, don't you remember me? I'm like, oh, my God, you're right. We have four. All right. So, yeah. You know Adam X Parsons, right? Really? Apparently, this I looked him up on YouTube. Apparently, this guy's like trying to become a comedian or he is a comedian. Sorry if I insulted you, Adam. You X say Parsons. that every time like it's new information you've learned, but you've known this for months. So uh, I'm, I'm blown. All right. Okay. But Adam X Parsons popped me with this DM. He says, fun fact. This year's WWE Hall of Fame class features more inductees that people have seen naked than any year previously. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Uh, well, I've, we've seen a lot of Sean, right? Well, I haven't, but uh, we, it, was I, made, I, it was made available. I've it seen China. Yeah, it's true. We've seen Tori. Seen Tori. Yeah, I mean, it's up there. Trips has been pretty fame, damn right? close, right? Trips you've seen full... Not frontal, but backle. I don't know. Backle, full spackle, <laughs> full grundle. Is that where you're going with that? <laughs> all right. Yeah, this show's off the rails. Uh, all right. We still in the main event. Anything else? What do we got here? We do have one more BC, but before we get to that, a quick word from our friends and sponsors. On May 23rd, I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves, demons, and now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. All right, BC, we are back. And there is one more part to this main event that we need to talk about. And it really just kind of came out before we went on air today. 
And that's Dave Meltzer reporting that Tommaso Ciampa has a serious neck injury that could sideline or end the greatest NXT story ever told with him and Johnny Gargano. It may keep him out as few as six, as many as 12 to 14 months. And really, BC, the biggest impact this immediately makes is on NXT TakeOver New York, where you and I and every WWE fan and every NXT fan around the world thought we would finally get the payoff. Champa, Gargano, title on the line, Gargano walking out as the face, baby face champion that he should be, and that is gone. <sighs> uh, Vince, you've, you've, you've straight up ruined arguably the best thing in wrestling. How has Vince ruined this? Let's break it down, all right? <laughs> all right. The word was that he was already injured. I, I even jumped into my no spoilers Meltzer system here to, to listen to him read his rag and try to get caught up on this. You know, I, I heard Meltzer say there was an injury. I don't know if it happened before, after, or during seeing him get dropped on his head on Raw and SmackDown, but certainly you'd have to guess that played a part in it. That was one of the scarier moments we've seen recently. So how did Vince ruin this? Ruined it in a lot of ways. Number one, he ruined it by not ever knowing what he actually has in NXT. Number two, he ruined it by making that decision a couple weeks ago, for whatever reason, to suddenly call up four NXT guys unannounced, not connecting the storylines of what's actually going on, and not having a freaking clue that the greatest story ever told 2.0 was going on right under the hood, right down on, his, on the farm, on his JV system. I know you've disagreed with me in the past, but I think you're wrong. He took the best heel in the business, which you don't disagree with, Tommaso Ciampa, and brought him back with Johnny as baby faces. Another big red flag error for Vince. Unexplained, they're back together. How do I know I'm right on that? Because at the time that they were called up in NXT, they were flirting with the idea of getting back together because Johnny was going crazy, but they hadn't consummated it. How do I know? Because I just watched this morning, last Wednesday's episode of NXT, which I know was taped earlier, but that's when we first saw it. When they shook hands in the center of the ring and Johnny agreed to get DIY back together, even to the chagrin of his own wife, Candace wrestling outside the arena, which was a great segment. So this is Vince saying that maybe they're separate universes and that doesn't matter and that doesn't connect. One, that's lazy and stupid. But two, you currently have two NXT guys, Aleister Black and Rico, all over your screen on Raw and SmackDown with the lower third on the screen saying they're with NXT. So we have to believe the universe is touched and they matter, right? Let's not forget 2017 TakeOver San Antonio. Seth Rollins chased Triple H through the TakeOver set a night before Rumble. These universes do collide. Vince took something that was a work of art. Let's, let's remember for a second, Trips took these two small-ass guys that we questioned whether they actually ever could make it in high school, Billy, or whether we would want them against Sheamus and Cesaro height and size guys in a ring and told a beautiful story that made them NXT main eventers when I never would have guessed. I'm sorry. I never would have guessed that they could have been solo or anything but a 205 liver and that they could have made me care and make me suspend belief and, and just want it that badly. I wanted it. And Vince put Tommaso Ciampa in a stupid situation where it didn't make sense that they're on friggin' Raw and SmackDown going against the champions or going against the bar. And then he got injured. And now we can't get what we were supposed to get. 
and now his career could be forever altered, or he could just be out a year and a half. Like it's 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 a bunch of crap. And I wasn't over, by the way, before I found out about this injury, I wasn't over the idea that you took the best heel in the business and shined him up like a baby face for no reason. Why? You want to feature Ricochet and Aleister Black, whether you're calling them up or not, and being in this in-between gray area is weird. We don't know if they're going to have a role in WrestleMania. It's just weird. We don't know what's going on. There was no reason, even though he's your NXT champion, to take Champa to do all that, to ruin what had been created. I hope Paul's pissed. I hope Paul, deep inside, Right When he gets home from work and the au pair who's raising his kids have already put him to bed and the chef who's cooking because Steph doesn't have the time has already given him his meal and he's done his basement workout with that guy Joe at 2 a.m. He posts the Instagram video of it and then he lays down and he says, freaking Vince, can't kill him. I love him. But he ruined it. Vince, you ruined this. You have ruined the best thing going in all of wrestling and it was in your pocket. It was under the hood. And you had no idea. May God have mercy on your soul. I pause. Just let that sink in for everyone. Uh, I'm not going to relitigate everything you said. Mostly because I agree with 90% of it. You're right. You nailed it. There's two things I disagree with. And people need to understand these. And you have to understand Brian's wrong here. And I'm sorry, BC, but I got to point it out. They were not brought up as baby faces. They worked the face side of the match because they wanted them to win and they didn't want them to beat a face team. Yes, they worked from under, no question about it. But at no point backstage, nothing they said, nothing they did outside of in the ring had them as faces on the show. That's number one. Number two, while they had not been formally back together with the handshake, which we just saw this week on NXT because they're gonna, they were going to be in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic as DIY as a way to continue their storyline, you would assume one would, you know, Gargano might turn on Champa, you know, telling every promised Candice, like, everything's going to be okay, don't worry, I have a plan. It seemed like that is what was going to happen, right? But they had already been standing next to each other, holding their titles in the air at the end of, you know, TakeOver when Gargano won the North American Championship and Champa retained his title. And it was, and they both won those matches with the same uh, hanging DDT finisher, you know, off that middle rope. So there was clear coordination between them, and I didn't mind them standing next to each other when they're just randomly on Raw and they wanted to put them in the match. Let's also not forget, they didn't get announced as DIY, they got announced separately. So I had issues with none of that, except for two things. One, Vince bringing four guys to NXT reportedly without even telling Triple H, and then two, using those two in the situation he did as babyfaces in that match, working from under, when they didn't need to be there at all. All they needed was Ricochet and Aleister Black. And it's clear because the last two weeks, Ricochet and Aleister Black are the only ones that have come back. So you're right. Vince screwed this up. He screwed Triple H. He screwed us. He screwed the WWE Universe. He screwed the NXT Universe, if that's even a thing. Shame on him. NXT TakeOver New York is now less of a show because we're not going to get Gargano Champa. And we can talk, BC, maybe this is the jumping off point of what the hell they're going to do to fix it. But let's not forget, this already happened once with Aleister Black tearing his sack, and they had to figure out how to continue their Gargano Champa storyline to weave it in with that, right? So now you have to figure out, what are they going to do without Champa? Obviously, he's going to have to vacate the championship. What do they do, BC? Who should Johnny, and we're going to assume it's Johnny Gargano, who should Johnny Gargano fight in the main event of NXT TakeOver New York? You already know my answer. Feel free to give it if you want. 
Hold on, let me. F- I'm not done being angry at Vince. Screw you! Screw you and your family! Like seriously? Like. All right, let me compose myself here. Like this is such crap. This like I'm gonna go back to just being a whiny fan. Like this is just crap. But what should happen here? The biz- the show must go on even after Owen died. That pay per view went on. So it's going to go on. You're going to have to do a tournament. And you have to make the tournament matter. I, I want to see a little bit more than just the finals at TakeOver. i like to see semifinals and finals. I'd make the whole damn TakeOver card a tournament if you really want me to. I want this tournament to feel special and for it to matter. And I think I want Adam Cole going over uh, Johnny in the finals. Because I want Johnny to, to not win it this way, right? I want him to win it by beating Champa. So you, he's not going to because Johnny's not going to be in NXT 12 months from now. He should be. He should be. He's not going to be. Now, they, there is a way that they could continue this feud on Raw and they could figure it out where Gargano or maybe Champa comes back and wins the Intercontinental title. And you, you actually tell the rest of the story and you let Paul and the NXT team manage it on the main roster. They're so too I'm small. Not think, They're too small. So I'm not thinking all is lost. Well, that's why I'm not saying world title. I'm saying... You know, I'm saying the mid-card title. Um, but I don't think all is lost in their storyline, but this does take it down a major way. And no, I don't think Adam Cole, you know, should be at the finals of said tournament. Although, I do love the idea of doing a King of the Ring-style tournament where the winner is the new NXT champion. And you're not going to have Velveteen Dream in there because he's the North American champion. And it really does seem like they're building towards this Adam Cole-Velveteen Dream type of title match to take over New York after the segment in the parking lot with Undisputed Era and Velveteen Dream last week. Another option is Roderick Strong, though. You could put Strong in that match and put Cole in this tournament, so you do have some options. And, or you could put Strong in this tournament that you're mentioning and have him there. That's, gonna, that's a huge match. That's a fantastic match, right? But the guy, the man who fixes all of this, is Matthew Riddle. You have a massive star just sitting there waiting. They've hot-shotted the title onto Drew McIntyre before. They can hot-shot the title onto Matt Riddle, bring Gargano up, and just start a brand new era of NXT. And it's probably what they should do, BC. But I do love your idea of a tournament because you can get Keith Lee. You can get Dijakovic in there. You can get a couple oh other God. guys. Did you see that Keith Lee-Dijakovic match on NXT last it week? It was incredible. Good was incredible. Lord. Um, here's the problem, though. And maybe my, my emotions will change and I'll get, not, I'll get a little bit less bitter because right now I'm all getting CM Punk on the McMahons. Maybe this company will be better after Vince McMahon's dead. But the fact is, it's, it's going to get taken over by his idiotic daughter and his doofus son-in-law. All right, first of all, don't you dare talk about Paul. There will be no, uh, no Paul slander on this timeline. Uh, secondly, I almost care less about NXT TakeOver now. I almost care less about the damn super card until ROH and NJPW can announce some damn matches and some names to get us excited for. I may end up at that Hall of Fame thing on Saturday night just out of spite. And what am I We're doing? Not going to the Hall of Fame. What am I doing Friday? I'm just going to pick a bar and all you Mount Rushmore wannabes can come and buy me drinks and we'll just dance together and talk about the mega powers exploding in my pants. Maybe that's what my mania weekend looks like because I think they're taking all the things I loved and was excited about. No one took Champa just out of the match. I mean, it's obviously an injury situation. And I, we have seen what we have learned from NXT is they can fix storylines and repair, you know, bookings that they need to due to injury. We've seen it once. We will see it again. I have a full anticipation that TakeOver New York is going to be great. But 
whereas I was going in thinking it might be the best show of the weekend, that mantle is now passed to WrestleMania 35. WrestleMania 35 has every <laughs> chance in the world to deliver, and it seems weird it to say, like, it, it, but it seems weird to say that, hey, I thought TakeOver would be better than WrestleMania, right? But it was last year, BC. That TakeOver New Orleans show that you and I went to, we sat right next to each other. I was amped from the moment it started until the moment it finished, from that woman's guitar, you know, to, to the final bell. It was incredible. This show, the expectation level has been taken down a peg. The good news is they haven't taped the rest of their NXT shows. They have not done their final taping leading into WrestleMania. So they can still change it. They can still figure out what the hell they're going to do. And as I said a couple minutes ago, the answer is Matthew Riddle. I mean, it could be the answer. I, I I walked into the Riddle NXT era thinking like he could skip NXT and go right to the main roster because, look, he's amazing. He's, he was incredible on the indies after he figured it out. He made giant leaps. But seeing him so far in NXT, I feel like he needs a little bit more time. Yeah, and he should be the champion. No, I'm saying no. I mean, if you want to let the dream era happen now, then just be like, look, make a public statement, everybody. We screwed up. We're taking the title off of the North American off of Dream. <laughs> what what kind of statement this, is that? He's going to enter this tournament. Vince can make, come out and make a public apology. I, he doesn't want to insult the intelligence of the fans anymore. It's his fault. It's on him. Oh, man. Yeah. The, hey. problem, is, the problem is that Aleister Black, just at like an NXT house show, officially said goodbye to NXT. And now Ricochet didn't, but it seems like he's gone too. So, I mean, Ricochet's never been champion. They could have made him champion. But Vince is like kind of half called this guy up. It's just it was unnecessary when they did it in the first place. And now it looks even worse. I got three words for you. Eric Bugenhagen. All right. It's two words. But yeah, well, it's, it's there's a lot of syllables in there. All right. That guy could be our savior. That guy could change the world. Thank you. Hey, uh, one last DM slide here while I'm pre feeling pretty nice. I need something to be happy about from Pete Jones at who Pete Jones. He doesn't really have anything to say. But I like when new people slide, and he says, never slid in them DMs before, but I think now is the time. I F with you, BC. John Jones is the GOAT, don't at me. Kevin Owens for life. Wilder Fury, fitting to be fire. Pete Jones, you had nothing to say, but I stand by you. Thanks for listening to all three shows, wrestling, boxing, and MMA. State of Combat stands with you, Pete Jones. Welcome to the family. Thank you. Very nice. He Fs with me, all right? Yeah, that's right. a good compliment. A lot of our I'll listeners have Fed with Tori Wilson. This guy Fs with me. All right, what do we got next? That's somewhat concerning. Up next, BC, I think we have our preview of WWE Fastlane. If you want to call it the go-home pay-per-view to WrestleMania 35, the road is heating up. Uh, but I got to be honest, the pay-per-view is not. I'm not very excited for Sunday night. What Give about me you? 60 hot minutes and get me out of there. Is that where you're going with this? Uh, give me 180 hot minutes and get me out of there. Three hours flat. I don't want any longer than that. And look, you know, starting off the show is going to be the match that probably should be the mid-card main event, which is Andrade Cien Almas, sorry, Andrade, against Rey Mysterio <laughs> in a kickoff show match. Well, our boy... Bob Backlund at Talkbox, my sorry, my boy Bob Backlund, one of your mortal life enemies, Bob Backlund at Talkbox, a a uh, a Rushmore nominee, uh, really has uh, come out and said to me in DMs like, "Why are we even doing a fast lane?" And I think it's a fair question. You know, why have two pay per views in between instead of one? This whole show feels like we have to do this for ticket sales, so we're going to do it. None of these matches really matter. 
even the one with the, with something on the line, the Becky Lynch one, we kind of already know how we're going to get there. So, yeah, it's weird. Rey Mysterio versus Andrade on the undercard, it's kind of weird. I don't know. Like, if it, now that this is on the kickoff show, they might get 20 hot minutes to be awesome. But what what is this for? Who cares? What that, does it but, matter? But that's the thing. That's the thing. It's like, yes, by being on the kickoff show, they will have the time that they deserve, which is great. But it's also going to be in a half-empty half arena and before the broadcast begins, so a lot of people aren't going to see it. And there's no reason that after all the matches we've seen with these two guys on SmackDown, including the triple threat last week and the fatal four-way this week, you know these guys can work. It seems like they're bound for a WrestleMania match, and I know the exact one they should actually have. But why are you giving us this match on a kickoff show? This match shouldn't even be on the pay-per-view at all. Yeah, yeah. Are you driving to WrestleMania this year, by the way? Real life story spinoff here? No. You're not driving? No. Because if you had to drive, if you rented a car tomorrow and I gave you two options for your wingman on this trip from Fort Lauderdale to New York, New Jersey, and it was either Bob Backlund at TalkBox, sight unseen, your mortal Twitter enemy, real life version, sight unseen, or Victor from the Ascension, full face paint. Who are you choosing? And let's not forget, in New Orleans, I saw Victor vaping with a homeless guy in the side in the in the French Quarter uh, during during uh, Mania weekend. That did happen. You interrupted me because that was the exact clarity I was going to ask. Is he vaping? Yes. Does he need Does he need to make vape stops? Because sight unseen on Talkbox. Because if you meet your heroes, you may be Hold disappointed. On. You meet your enemies, you may like them. Who are you picking on that road trip? Does Victor need to either make stops? Or vape during the ride. He vapes all ride, full face paint, making those weird jokes like he did this week on uh, Raw that were just weird. Oh, my and... God. He's so not entertaining. Uh, talk box. Absolutely. Yes. All right. We're it's back. Actually, we're... It's actually not even. It's actually not even. A question. We're mending fences one one step at a time. Excellent. All right. <laughs> one, yeah. ter- one terrible wrestling character at a time. Yes. Um, Andrade probably wins this because he's the guy who, need, I guess, needs it more. I guess. I mean. Yeah. But just to address whether this paper, pay-per-view should exist, I'm actually completely fine with it existing. But in the way that it is, in that, look, we don't have an intercontinental title match. We don't have a U.S. title match. The universal title obviously is not on the line. God forbid we saw Brock Lesnar once in the last four weeks. Um, I'm okay with them giving shine to some other championships, but maybe not have a WWE championship match and let the SmackDown championship match or the SmackDown women's match be the main event. So have it be a legitimate B pay-per-view. Give it the set that you gave Evolution. I'm fine with that too. Let it showcase a lot of people who are not going to get showcased on WrestleMania and maybe one or two matches help build stories to WrestleMania. This just feels like they're trying to do too much. There doesn't need to be a women's tag team championship match on this show. Save their first defense for WrestleMania. I don't know. It's just... Did you see them women's tag champs on NXT last week, by the way? That was quite a reception. It was great in seeing Izzy, that super fan with the Bailey jacket, but it was almost weird seeing it was like it was like seeing Bailey, like somebody who's um gone off to college and in college they're like misunderstood and heckled, and they go back to their hometown and like walk back into the high school and hug their teachers and go back to a place they're accepted. Like Bailey was genuinely happy to be there, and yet like most main roster fans are sort of like, uh, you know? I think main roster fans, BC, are ready to strap a rocket to Bailey when they give her the opportunity. Let's not forget, they were all aboard the Bailey hugger train, whatever you want to call it, until they totally screwed her up and had her win the title too early. 
Well, that train, I think, was destined to crash. I think she's destined to be a Ty Dillinger. Just can't make it work on the main roster where she was on NXT. Debate for another time. We've got to roll forward. You ready for this uh, prediction? You ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this prediction. Are you ready? Go for it. Go for it. Uh, the women aren't main eventing this Fastlane show. Do you know who is? The damn Shield are. Because WWE wants to have, before before that moment can no longer happen, they want to have the Shield close the show to the three of them. Giant cheers, pop in the damn crowd, baby faces, champagne everywhere. The Shield are going to close this show. And if they do, that will tell you that the women are going to close Mania. Uh, there's also a WWE Championship match. Yeah, but that's SmackDown and Vince has proven he doesn't care. <laughs> it just closed the last pay-per-view. Finally. I'm telling you, the Shield are going to close the show. All right, Mysterio Andrade, nobody cares. What's the next match? Let's keep it going. Uh, Raw Tag Team Championship. Revival now against Black and Ricochet <sighs> and Rude and Gable. Okay, this is weird because unless you're going to announce that Black and Rico are up, then they can't win it. But maybe maybe they are up. Maybe they win it here. Dude, you've completely devalued the Revival if they don't defend here. You've, you've made them lose in non-title matches over and over again. They were part of that Raw 25 gangbang. Uh, this will be the end of their main roster career, and you will see them in AEW if they don't win here, so the Revival will win. Okay. By the way, uh, WrestleMania 2 and Raw 25, just since we've mentioned both in this show, WWE should never do a split venue show ever again. I agree. WrestleMania 2's triple split venue was weird. Was weird. And Raw 25 was and Raw 25 was unsuccessful. And there was way too much Susan St. James in WrestleMania 2. She she uh, Dick Ebersol's wife, you know, yeah. Vince and Dick were business partners and um she was all over that show as a color commentator, as a studio host at the end when they would switch cities. Um anyone that listens to the Lapsed Fan Podcast, one of the best out there, check out their WrestleMania 2 recap show. They rip the crap out of SSJ. Um you're right. Don't don't do that split crap. Don't do it. Don't do it. Move yeah, it on. But Move uh on. but anyway, Andrade in the first match. Revival retain here, BC, but if they don't, then it tells me that they are leaving. I totally agree. And they would be a great fit for AEW. They oh, really so are the good. out of anyone on the WWE roster to immediately go over there and make an impact in a division that matters, the revival is the best possible choice. No F T R. Yes. Do it. They're gonna win this. Let's right. roll. We also we also have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, the Usos against Shane McMahon and the Miz. And honestly, I said it earlier in the show, that Usos promo, man. They are so damn entertaining and so damn good on the mic. They are one of my favorite tag teams ever, and they better retain the titles. Yeah, this whole Uso Penitentiary day one-ish has 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 just, I mean, it's such a great turn for their career. They might be, with along with Samoa Joe, doing the most underrated work in the company consistently across the board. Uh, I think they, def I think they, um, uh, what's the word? Um, defend their titles here, retain their titles, because I think this has to be the beginning of putting a crack in the Miz Shane. Because look, what? Why are Miz and Shane together? To 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 have a match at Mania and to have you it be expect, about. Yeah. So it has to start here. This is the crack in the foundation. Let's do it. Let's see what story they have for us to make us care, because that match is going to be weird. So let's have a really good story to get us there. I'm with you. Uh, we also have the women's tag team championship, as I mentioned earlier. Boston Hug Connection against Nia Jax. And Tamina, yes, they could lose the titles and then win them back at Mania. That is possible. But honestly, man, Tamina's there. She can take the fall. I don't really know what other argument there is. Well, my argument is this. Somebody's got to lose their titles on the show because it's... Why? Don't they always... There's always a title change at a paper. We just had a title change on Tuesday night. 
the 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 heels are going to win. It's going to give them some shine. You're going to get so you're going to get two things out of this. You you already had the hug Boston hug crap. They're the historic first women's tag team champions, and then they're going to get the babyface pop that we all thought they would for winning the titles back at WrestleMania. Yeah, but then Sasha Banks will also be like zero and six in title defenses on the main roster. They don't, care. which is insane. She don't care. They don't care. She give cares. Me, give me four hot minutes, and it's going to end in some Samoan drop, and that's it. All right. She's they not, may not care. They may not care, but she cares, and her fans care. Let's clear. Let's clear that up. Remember how cars the, used to have long front seats in the front, no, like no bucket seats, just a full row, like all the, growing bench, up. Bench seating. Yeah, yeah bench, bench seat. I had one in my first car, an '85 Chevy Celebrity. Would you sit in the middle between Nia Jax and Tamina driving from Fort Lauderdale to New Jersey for one match in Gorilla? <laughs> no. Come on, come on. No, we're all big people. That would not be comfortable. Not like most girls. Uh, that would not be like most car rides. That would be. I'm I'm simply saying out of a comfort level. Uh, nothing to do with anything else. <sighs> All, right. All right. If I was Jack, like Jack's a skinny guy. If I was Jack size, I would. What if I'm I not. guaranteed you that uh, Tamina would reveal whether her dad killed that woman in the hotel room or not? Oh, then I'm definitely in. Right. And I still get the match in Gorilla. Yeah. Yeah, then I'm in. I just sweeten the pot right there. All right. Give me four hot minutes, Samoan ladies. Let's roll on. SmackDown Women's Championship, Asuka coming in as champion against Mandy Rose, who almost, and I don't, I'm not putting this on Mandy Rose, I'm just saying in the match with Mandy Rose, Asuka almost got seriously injured a couple nights ago. She has since gone on Twitter, said she is totally fine, not a neck, not a concussion. She's good. We saw her Tuesday night attack Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville from behind. Is there any reason in the entire world for Asuka to lose her title? No, don't do it, folks. Don't do it. Mandy gets her chance to be in a title match on a pay-per-view. Let's see if her wrestling can raise it to the next level opposite Asuka. There's some heat, a decent amount of heat in the build toward this. Let's, let's see what you got here. Don't don't mess around with Asuka. I would, be, I would be fine seeing this match at WrestleMania, and that's why I don't know why they're doing it now. Um, unless they just have a plan with Sonya Deville interfering or... Oscar getting disqualified somehow. Uh, I don't Evans know. Walking out during the Dude, can, let's address this right now. Can can we have a reason for Lacey Evans walking out? Because it's so stupid. She never actually talks to anybody. Like I guess it was different when the Drifter Elias Sampson because he would just drift in the background and strum his guitar or just be sitting backstage. It was different. It was weird. It was cool. To, for WWE just to not oh she's classing up the joint here she comes oh but get ready she's not gonna do or say anything she's gonna do a lap and then she'll be gone and we won't mention her again it's so freaking stupid like get, if she you, came out and made fun of people's dress or, or like made fun of or, or corrected people's manners or did something do something two things first of all you have to pick one you have to can eliminate one one keeps going EC3 uh, spraying down his body backstage. Or Lacey Evans strutting to the ring and back, uh, to the ringside area and back. Which one stays? Which one goes? I'll do the spray backstage. It at least makes sense in his character. What does this have to do with who Lacey Evans is? That she okay. walks out in the middle of things. So guess what? She's gonna walk out in the middle of this match. Mandy Rose will win by DQ. I don't know. I don't care. You know what? I don't care. Give me four hot minutes. Get out of here. But if you take the championship off Asuka, I'm done. Okay? Thank you. Yeah, I'm pissed if they take the title off Asuka. Uh, but the, I, I would be remiss, BC. You know how much of a stickler I am. They're coming out this week, two nights in a row, and they're calling Lacey Evans the sassy Southern Belle, and I wanted to defenestrate myself and just end it because it is the worst, most forced nickname since the rock star or the artist known as Shinsuke Nakamura. 
This is horrible. What is wrong with the lady of WWE or the lady of Raw or the lady of SmackDown? Oh, what are they it's calling a- Alistair now? Like the not the Prince of Darkness, but something stupid, right? What are they calling him? I, I forgot what they're calling him. But I have my own issue with Alistair and his entrance and being able to see the platform behind him. That's a whole issue, too. That's a whole thing. Again, I'm nitpicking. Um, but at one point, they called him Moody. They described him as Moody on the broadcast, which I railed against last week. But I, I haven't heard anything otherwise that objectionable about Alistair Black. But calling Lacey Evans a sassy Southern Belle and trying to shove that down our face and by the way, uh, or down our throats. And not just like Michael Cole saying it, not just Michael Cole saying it, the announcers Here's Lacey Evans, the sassy Southern Belle. It's go, sass time. Go F yourself. It's horrible. Stop it. Stop ruining people that don't need tweaks. Thank you. You just got schooled by Vintage Cole. Oh, God. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. All right. Now, I'm not going to believe this is the main event, so I'm going to bring it up now. The Shield against Baron Corbin, Lashley, and Drew McIntyre. Um... I want to start off with this, and you can counter. The Shield reunion on Monday night. One word. Lame. No, no, it wasn't lame. Could it have been better? Should it have been better? Was it formulaic? Yes. I think the big error in what they did was when Dean Ambrose left, it became so obvious, obviously, what they were doing to set up the comeback and have the stupid, fake, wannabe League of Nation heels walk out one second later. The big fault in that was that Ambrose just turned around and ran back and helped them clean house, which is so predictable. I would have liked something different. All right. Like some people have, I think, tweeted at me and were like, why didn't the shield music hit? And Adam and Ambrose comes out with the full tactical vest or something. I'm just saying, like, it was so cheesy and predictable and it played out double cheesy and predictable. But I'm not going to say lame because we never got what they were supposed to do. Roman got sick. Kurt Angle ended up in the damn shield and it would sucked at TLC. And then Roman got really sick. So we never actually got the full payoff. So when you combine what happened this week with how much. So look, here's why it's not lame, Adam. The opening segment of Raw with Rollins and Reigns was great. It was great writing. It was great delivery. Uh, Roman doing the whole, you know, nothing is guaranteed tomorrow. I need my brothers back together was not only great in light of of the cancer stuff, but I thought it was really cool that it was his way of addressing that Ambrose is gone or that we're getting worked and it's part of the storyline, whatever. Either way, WWE announced that Ambrose is gone and Reigns sort of just announced in that moment, I want to get back together before he is gone. Is it? Again, predictable and cheesy, yes, but we never got what they were trying to do with it outside of reuniting the shield to get Roman over. Well, guess what? Roman beating Leukemia, he's going to be over like Rover for life now. So they want to get them back together one more time. I'm believing that Ambrose is gone, so I'm believing that the shield's going to close the show here and it's going to be field spots for everybody. I'm not going to call it lame because I it had to have a, a finish and a, and a summation. And if, it's not, if WrestleMania is not going to end... With Roman surprise, he's back. He just helped Seth. Oh, and Dean's there too. And here's our fists in the air for the final time as fireworks and jet planes fly over the stadium. Then maybe this is the time. Maybe fast lane. Just you know, sell your final merch. Give the give the crowd a memory. We'll always remember what the shield was like. Thank God Roman beat cancer. Here we are. It's not lame. I was never more sure that I was right. And again, I'm, I don't know this, and I'm I'm just kind of half joking. It's joke serious. But I've never been more sure that Dean Ambrose is not leaving than when Renee is like, well, you know, he may be heading for some greener pastures uh, on a Monday night. I'm like, you're giving it away that he's staying. Like, it just 
every single thing they're doing with Dean Ambrose makes me feel like well, he's staying instead of going. When she said pastures. Dean Ambrose looks like he wants a piece of this pie. Maybe that's maybe that's what she was. <laughs> maybe. Possibly. Uh, but no, it was lame for this reason. What you do, if you're booking it, is you have Ambrose, you have Rollins and uh, Reigns get attacked and hurt and needing Dean. And you have them in a handicap match at Fastlane. And then you have Dean Ambrose show up to save them. Yes. And reform the shield at Fastlane. Yes. And get a moment, and then you don't have to revisit it again. Okay, because that's they, how you book it. It was too long. Let's be honest. Them trying to convince Dean the whole episode, it ended up being too long. Like, hey, we, didn't we already do this? Backstage in the dungeon or whatever, yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That part, look, the execution wasn't perfect, but... Show me something here. Make this matter. Make here's the here's the challenge for WWE. There's only one made one way this matters, but you go ahead. Well, well my, my challenge for them is to tie this into the Seth Lesnar match and make this matter. I don't know how you're going to get there. I don't know how you're going to do it because right now WrestleMania is coming. Roman doesn't have a role, and he's back. He's going to wrestle on Sunday. So give me something. And, and look, when I say give me something. Don't give me any of the Shield members versus any of this fake heel team at WrestleMania. Stop this. You know why SmackDown's better than Raw? Because SmackDown got a U.S. title four-way that was fantastic, and the belt changed, and Raw got another six-man tag early in the show that didn't matter. Stop. That's that's like the second six-man tag they've done in the last few years. And then they did a title match and had an obvious DQ finish. The second Rude and the other guy. Stop. couple things. Roman actually did get booed for like three seconds on Raw. When the possibility of him going into the Rollins Lesnar match was mentioned in that opening segment, it was like, boo, wait, we shouldn't really be booing. Boo. And then he's like, Rollins is like, no, uh, Reigns is like, no, I'm not going to take that from you. Everyone's like, yeah, thank God. You know, but them even hinting that that was a possibility, like almost had them boo a guy who just is just started in remission from cancer. Like that, that's the idea. Um, and, and we can get into a lot of stuff with Reigns and Ambrose, but when you're talking about WrestleMania and you're talking about Reigns, you don't have a lot of options. You can do like a Reigns McIntyre. You can do a Reigns Corbin, considering what Corbin said the night that Reigns, you know, announced his leukemia. Um, but the real match, especially if he is actually leaving, should be Reigns Ambrose. That's a money match. Oh God, that's what brilliant. To, How did I not see that? And what you have that? to have, and what you have to have, is Ambrose turn on Reigns and Rollins in this match. How did I not see that, Adam? That's perfect. If they do it, you didn't see it because you don't believe that they're gonna have a finish other than the shield standing tall because that's what always happens. That's how they always book Reigns. That's how they always book these things. It doesn't seem possible, but it is possible. All right. And if they do that, it seems at all. Listen to Adam, all right? Thank you, WWE. That's well done. I hadn't considered that. Uh, that's a piece of meat I can enjoy. Let me tell you you a piece of meat that I enjoyed. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you. And and, and just since I was mentioning Reigns' possibilities, I'm going to put a couple out there. You tell me if you like or don't like any of them. I mentioned, obviously, McIntyre, Corbin, Ambrose. Another possibility is John Cena because we never really got that feud that we wanted. And Cena could come in and be like, I'm glad you're back. You know I support you, blah, blah, blah. But I want to see how back you really are. Okay, you're you're dropping your story. You're on a roll this week. This babyface supporters of Adam. This week, I'm with you on this. Okay, I mentioned I don't want to see Roman against any of these three guys. I take that back. If they did it right, Drew McIntyre still hasn't had his moment. They've done they've done a great job building him up through the Ziggler partnership, through the breakup. Now he's entering Braun Strowman pause mode, where you're just sort of like they're wasting him. If we get Reigns McIntyre, you don't need a title. You just need something. Okay, I'm into that. Yeah, Reign Cena is is stupid big business as a add-on to WrestleMania. Are, 
oh my god that could be that could be, i was going to save this for later but i'm going to hit you with this question now because oh my god all right final dm slide of the show is coming from brandon the cow at Bramper Sandin underscore. I have no idea what that means, but shout out to Brandon the Cow. He says, BC, longtime listener of the SOC ITC pod. First time sliding in the DMs. Love the show. Been listening since the cheap heat days. Thanks for the performance enhancing audio every single week. I was thinking about how this WrestleMania card is shaping up and started wondering if it's possible for WWE to give fans everything they want and are hoping for in the same show. Think about these matches, and I think what he's saying here is playing to the marks with babyface wins. He brings up Becky going over the women, Rollins going over Brock, Kofi going over Brian, but Triple H or Batista, I mean, Triple H is the baby, but if you're cheering for Batista, it could be more of what you want more. And now if I could add in Reigns versus Cena with Reigns going over now that we love him again, he says if we get what we want, wins for all those people, those are all faces going over, I'm not sure they're going to stack the card like that. Adam, is there any chance this is setting up to be the ultimate Mark Mania? It's tough because WWE does have faces go over at Mania primarily, but not exclusively. And I don't know that you can do that. So as excited as I am for Becky and as excited as I am for Seth, it makes me feel that the Kofi match is going to be Kofi getting his WrestleMania moment, but not getting his WWE title. And that's not to say it won't come. They may do it at the next pay-per-view, Pay Backlash, whichever one it is. But I don't know that he's going to win at Mania. Remember, we thought Shinsuke Nakamura was going to beat AJ Styles last year at WrestleMania. He didn't. Uh, And he turned heel at that, right? So I don't know that you're going to get all of what you want. But I think there's an opportunity for WWE to give us a lot of what we want. And I'll tell you also, in the two matches that I just proposed for Reigns, McIntyre and Cena, I wouldn't have him win either of them. Because the whole thing with Roman Reigns, and it's the thing that we're not talking about because we're so happy that he's back. They're booking him right now. He is talking more like Joe than Roman, which is good. But he still looks exactly like Roman Reigns. The music is still exactly like Roman Reigns. The moveset is still exactly the same as Roman Reigns. When he went away, for obviously concerning serious health reasons, you and I both agreed this is an opportunity for them to repackage Roman Reigns. It doesn't mean change him. Tweak. And I am not seeing any tweaks. I think that's more of a Mark hope when he's such a business driver that I think that they're going to ride this longer on the merch side and just keep him who he is. But I want to talk to you about what you said about Reigns Cena because you just got me fired up with this idea. And here's why. When they did that two sept- two Septembers ago, right? Not last July- Was it July? or was No, it, it was September. September. It, w- it was okay. hot fire and it built toward that pay-per-view that I forgot the name of. And... It was short, quick, sweet, perfect, brilliant. But yeah, at the time, to be honest with you, because it was microwaved, the win to me didn't mean much. Because you know what that win's supposed to mean? Passing of the baton. True right. babyface versus true babyface. But here's the deal. Roman really wasn't a babyface at that point. He was the heel we all booed. Even more than we booed John at certain times. So what it was was a great build. Match was pretty damn good. But the win really meant nothing because Cena's back you know, soon enough from TV. This is the chance because we love the crap out of Reigns right now to make it all about, make the whole build about babyface versus babyface. Neither of them need to act like heels. It could be all about respect and be all about, I was the guy of the last era. It's starting to look like your era, but I got to find out 
whether it's still my era or it really is yours. Let's forget and not even mention that we had that match two years ago. Let's let this be all about what it's all about. Hogan, Warrior, WrestleMania 6, real vanilla white meat babyface on babyface crime, all about the love and Roman has to win. And I would cheer like a little boy for that. I really would. I'm not even a Roman guy. I'm a beat cancer guy, yes, but I'm not a Roman guy, and I would cheer like a little kid for that, Adam. Tell me you so wouldn't. You would, you would go Cena Reigns over uh, Cena Joe. Yes. No, it's better for it's it's probably better for business to do Joe Cena. But then, what do you do with what do you do with Joe if you do Roman Cena? Like a ladder match or like a multi man? Oh, Strowman! Hey, Strowman! Strowman's on Raw. Yeah, but that doesn't that apparently that doesn't matter anymore. No, it does matter. Of course, it matters. Even though two women from SmackDown are in the Raw. Well, one won the Royal Rumble, and the other again. This is why that story is convoluted. And the other one, Vince just decided to put in the match. Who are we missing? There's, I mean, it's people that aren't on TV, really. I mean, you could have like Kevin Owens, Samoa Joe. That could be a match. God, Bray Wyatt is out the there way, somewhere. Luke Harper is out there somewhere waiting, stop, ready. Stop. By the way, God, I love Kevin Owens, the baby face. Oh, my God, do I love this. It's really good. And let's talk about it next. We have Kevin Owens, Daniel Bryan. And you know what? You could tell they had a good storyline plan for WrestleMania. Now, we didn't want Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens at WrestleMania, not because we don't like Kevin Owens, but we wanted Kofi Kingston. I helped sell you on why it should be Kofi Kingston. And you know what? Not having him on TV, like in the arena this week, it was noticeable. The crowd felt different. I felt different watching it. That's how invested I am in this Kofi Kingston storyline. But it's clear they had a damn good storyline planned for Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens. And the fact that they were able to shove all of it into a two-hour show, good for them. Because they gave that match a storyline when it had absolutely none. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I don't know how we're going to get... And look, previewing Fastlane, it, it connects to Mania. This matters. So I don't... What are, What's going on? Is Kofi going to be there Sunday night? Is... How do we... They, they said they promised on the on the video from India they'd all be there Sunday night. How do we get to the Mania match and just not reproduce a triple threat? How do we get to Kofi Mania having a chance at happening? Kofi, Daniel Bryan, like what is Kevin Owens' role in this? Because they made me really want Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens to trade promos for the next 32 days. Because, I mean, Kevin Owens as a babyface is as perfect as Daniel Bryan as a heel feels. Whereas at first you're like, oh, how is this going to be? And then it's perfect. Dan- I mean, it's, it's friggin' perfect. Oh, wait, Bray Wyatt's in the bullpen. I just said that. You said it. I didn't hear it, though. I, I, I mean, I can hear Jimmy, but I didn't hear that the first time you said it. I listened to it. I didn't hear it. I'm hearing it now. I, I just I, I don't know what they are now going to do with Kevin Owens. It could be a triple threat match for all we know, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, if Kofi simply interferes in this match or New Day is sitting ringside and Daniel Bryan gets thrown into them and they attack Daniel Bryan and it gets a DQ, maybe they have a number one contender match between Owens and Kofi. But then if that happens, why would Vince allow that to happen at Mania if he wasn't going to allow that to happen at Fastlane? So again, another storyline that's a little bit convoluted. Well, they, another except, chance this one them- will, except this one I'm willing to accept because they're doing something properly and putting Kofi in the moment he deserves. Another chance, though, for them to win us over. Let's be optimistic, okay? Let, let's pretend yeah. that there's something in there that we want, right? Either you reach in your pants, you whip it out, and you place it in my hand. Uh, Mick 
This is network TV. No, that's that's too far. That's too I'm far. also way more optimistic and trusting though because it's a SmackDown feud. All right, all right, I'm with you on that. All right, but we got to get into this match. KO Brian belt title that they wear on their waist. Championship belt title. Okay, well, you can have title for all your leather straps, but this recycled uh, styrofoam belt is a belt. Thank you. What recycled? Oh, the uh, hemp belt? The hemp belt, yes. Yes. Hemp Uh, title? uh, Brian needs the title. Brian is a heel. He needs the title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah. But hey, maybe you can entertain us here, WWE. Owens Owens has also hit him, I think, with two stunners. And by the way, Austin complimented him on the stunner, and for good reason, because it looks great. And Kevin Owens is that badass. I can't believe we never saw this coming, that if somebody can do the modern-day Austin it's Kevin Owens because he's being a babyface, but he's acting like a heel. It's just perfect. I Kevin just Owens a, could be a star now. He's got great tats. He's a little slimmer. I just have a problem with the stunner because of this reason. It's so Austin, right? And Austin's not that far removed. And the pop-up powerbomb is a great finisher. Not good. Great. Uh, okay, I don't think it's great. I think it's pr- it's pretty good. Um, but look, it's not like it's, it's not like Steve Austin invented the neck breaker. I mean, look at DDP, Rick Rude. I mean, every there was a lot there's of a difference that. between a cutter and a stunner, though. It's the kick, as he says, and as I've explained I, through his own words. Yeah, but he's got the blessing of of SCSA. He absolutely does, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with him using it. I think it would be better as a setup, though, because the pop up power bomb is uniquely Kevin Owens. Hey, I asked Roman Reigns in 2017 what finishing move hurts the most. By the way, I like asking that question, and and listeners hate when I ask that question because they think I'm setting wrestlers up to have to lie or say something mean about their coworkers because finishing moves aren't supposed to hurt. But the reality is this is wrestling. They're gonna you're gonna feel something, and Roman has told me that the Kevin Owens Papa Powerbomb hurts the worst because you're getting slammed down really hard from a high distance. Yeah, I I don't think that means that Kevin's not safe. He's stiff. Yeah, no, it's not that it's uns- – I mean, a powerbomb is a relatively safer maneuver. Although, did you see that apron powerbomb that Andrade hit on Rey Mysterio on Tuesday? Yes, yes. Where he landed, like, on the, his shoulder blade slash neck? Hey, WWE, Man. if you don't have plans for these guys for Mania, put them on the kickoff show and let them no. do it. Let him do an no. NJPW-style match. No, let him do, like, full-on, death-defying, stiff, in-your-face, NJPW-style match. You will thank me for it after. Adam, you will thank me. Yeah, thank you. That's what you should be saying. You will thank shut me. Shut your mouth. Yes. And you have shut, shut, shut. At the end, you will shut your mouth and say thank you. You have to put them on the WrestleMania card, and you have to do a mask versus hair match. You have to. Oh, yeah. You have to. And, and the reason is because then you have Andrade lose. And he used to wear a mask. And you kind of do like, not necessarily the dashing Cody Rhodes angle, but where he's like, he, gets, he becomes embarrassed of the way he looks without his hair. And he starts wearing his mask again. All right, And then you kind of go from there. Okay, so that's brilliant. But if they don't do that, what do you think about WWE using Rey Mysterio's name and rub to challenge for the Cruiserweight Championship against Mr. Sex Buddy Murphy and letting <laughs> Bud go over. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Absolutely. Yes, that would be fantastic. Well, he's not in the tournament. They have Oni Lorkin in the tournament. I don't Not Rey Mysterio. I don't watch 205 anymore. But imagine that. Imagine Buddy Mysterio at Mania for the Cruiserweight belt putting on high theater gold. It'd be great. Oh, it would be awesome. Buddy's great. He really is. I'm best. excited. I want Buddy Cedric, too. Do you think Give Alexa cooks for Buddy? 
Does she cook for him? Yes. Yeah, just not pork. Because they can't afford a maid. No, no. All right. You didn't get the pork joke. It's okay. But, but what? His, her pig, pig Bobby yeah. Sue or whatever? Larry, Billy, Larry Steve, yeah. Larry Steve, yeah. All right. it's, it's weird. I got it, but it's it is. Weird. It's super weird, of course, but it is a good joke. By the way, Alexis' mom's kind of hot, too. Never seen her. Yeah, I don't know. You didn't see that episode on the network of uh, My Daughter's a WWE Superstar? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. From two years ago? Oh, you got to go back and watch it. Go back. And I she's, will. She's like 40, so go back. And, she's my age. I will. And speaking of hot fire, let's talk Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair in what may or may not be the main event of this show. BC, Becky is coming in nursing a leg injury, acting a little bit like Steve Austin to the point. I almost expect her to have an Austin knee brace by the time this match actually yes. happens. Uh, where do they go? I mean, is it as simple as it's a normal match? And Becky wins, or do they do something a little swervy, crazy, and more convoluted? I am the man. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give him a chance here to win me over because Becky has to win, obviously. Ronda, who doesn't have a match, correct? Ronda does she not. Does not. She's so not she's got to be there. She will be there, I'm sure. To add to the storyline in some form, if you're Ronda. You don't want Becky to win because you hate her and you don't want to be in a triple threat, correct? She laid down her title because she wanted Becky in the match. Oh, that's she right. Wanted to she fight wants Becky. Be- that, that screws up my psychology. She wants Becky so bad. So she's, that doesn't mean she's going to help Charlotte then. It may mean she helps Becky. But she would be helping by adding, by adding another person to a match in which it would be easier to lose her title. See, that's, that's weird psychology. But she there. doesn't care because she's a fighter and she's always wanted Becky. That's the storyline. But that's a more of a face storyline, <sighs> which is why that didn't make sense. If you were going to turn her heel, oh, it is and why it's convoluted. It, oh, yes. All right. Let, let's, it is convoluted. It is. It is. All right. It only took you 90 minutes to come around. Thank you. But maybe it's going to be hot fire and I'll be in that will building. Be. And will this match be hot fire? Okay. Instead of making this match hot fire, WWE, you don't have to go long. Don't have to go crazy long. Okay. Be about the story. Make yeah. the story make so much sense that all we want to do is see these three against each other. I don't need a, 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 another crazy uh, Kung Pao bitch uh, attack. Oh, what? Wait. What you are is a Kung Pao bitch. I don't even know what that means. What I meant to say is. What, um, is, that fr- what is that from? I don't know. It's Dwayne Johnson. You know the uh, the kendo stick. I don't need kendo sticks to the eye. I don't need, like, blood. I just, just make the story matter here. Becky's got to win. Rousey has to have a role in it. Let's have Steph have a role in it. Let's have Vince have a role in it. But let's get us to the main event of Media. WWE, roll up your sleeves right now. All writers, Dave Schilling, new WWE writer, get to Stanford. Get on the private jet. No one's sleeping. Nobody's sneezing. Let's make this hot. Thank you. Give me, give me 14 hot minutes and give me something to care about heading into April 7th. I absolutely think they will. This match, I care about this match. I'm interested to see how they tell this story. I just... I'm cautiously optimistic, I guess is the best way that I can put it. I did love the end of raw and I did like the end of SmackDown. So let's continue that and let's fix this story. And our final four weeks until WrestleMania, let's do this right and put everything else in the back window. That's the key. I'm with you. I'm with you. Let's do it. Make, make, make me care. What else we got? Anything else? That's the show. That's the damn show. That's the damn um, fast lane, right? It is. It's the show. It's Fastlane. But don't forget, as I mentioned earlier in the show, we will have another WWE episode of State of Combat before the weekday is out. Be sure to check your iTunes, your Spotify, 
Yes, we are now on Spotify and wherever you get your podcasts on Friday. Huge interview coming from the SOC. BC, what are we doing Sunday night? Are we going to do, it's not a huge pay-per-view, but it is the road to mania. Are we doing instant analysis? Are we going to wait? Are we going to see what happens? What's the deal? I hope not, but I'll see if WWE makes us. The plan now is no. We got too many podcasts. We get coming out. All right, we're it's all been, over. It's, it's been a busy week. People only have so much time in their lives. You know, the interview's over, right? Interview over. Interview. Interview's over. Understand? Done. Done. Okay. That's it. We're, we're gonna leave. Stay to combat on Twitter, and we are out.